nine o'clock on a Saturday. Live from Chicago, it's Saturday morning. It's the Murph and Fred Show. Starring Mike Murphy, Fred Hubner, and featuring Eric Ostrowski. Now here's your host, Murph and Fred. Hey, how you doing everybody? Murph here, Fred there. You are, well, wherever you are right now. We got lots of, Fred, we have the old 30 pounds today to shove into the uh, three-hour show. Listen, first of all, I got to congratulate you because last Saturday at exactly this time. That would have been about 9 o'clock. Yes, I was pulling out of downtown Philadelphia, getting in a car with my wife. We were driving home from Philadelphia Uh after some medical procedures, and I listened to you guys almost all the way. I don't know, to Pittsburgh. Transmitters really pumping out. Well, that ESPN app helps a lot, I'll tell you that. So it was, it was great listening all the way home uh, last week. Oh, thank you. And then uh, listen to ball games, uh-huh. listen to all kinds of stuff. But uh, yeah, there was a lot of talk, talk about. last Saturday know, morning, right? I know. And the, yeah. one time, the one time I stopped the car to do something, yeah. I missed Scott Merkin. So, you know, I'm sure we'll hear him again soon because the White Sox are now just a game under 500 well, yes. again. Yes, they are. Again. How you doing, everybody? Mike Mervier, Fred Huber, 9 till noon. Very, very busy day. And, uh, Fred, we're going to get right back to your uh, White Sox, one game under 500. Cubs uh, were up. Uh, remember winning ugly? The Cubs did the losing ugly. Yeah, it was not a pretty game. Yesterday, we'll break some of that down. Oh, guess who pitched uh, last night in Des Moines, Iowa? Yep. Craig Kimbrell will go uh, down on the farm, have a few quick minutes with our buddy play-by-play man, Iowa Cubs, Dean Ellis, in a few minutes just to get a scouting report. I looked online. He did okay, uh, you know, in the uh, pitching line box score. But uh-huh. we'll get a set of eyeballs down there. Jesse Rogers around 10. Well, not around 10. He said, I'll call exactly at 10. And he will, too. And then White Sox at 11. Uh, Fred, we're going to visit with, uh, and I know you've had uh, Ryan on before. I've heard him, but he's never been uh, with us. Ryan uh, uh, McGuffey. Yep, and he's he great. Does a great job. He's over there at NBC Sport, uh, NBC Sport Chicago. He is fortunate. He gets to work more with yeah. Chuck Garfine uh, than with David Kaplan. So he's he's lucky that way. Well, I'd, 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 I'd like Cap's to. always listening. So I'd I like just to do both. Him. Poking the bear. Both at once. Yeah. Chuck Garfine is terrific. He's unbelievable. In, in fact, our guest, who's a what white... What did Chuck find? White Sox oh, I'm sorry. That's a, Well, that's what we're going to ask him. Yeah. Because if he's... Uh, is this his actual title, uh, EO11 Senior producer, right? The White Sox... Uh, right, and oh, then him and Chuck have their White Sox talk podcast together. Okay. Yep. So we can uh, find out whose idea was it, because it's like I said, uh, what did Chuck find? And, uh, or who's well, out in the stands? Yeah. Who, who the heck did Chuck sit next to now to ruin their day? No, 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 no. <laughs> and they do the things so like uh, driving in cars, drinking coffee with comedians right. or whatever, Seinfeld, and everyone's doing that. But no one had thought to do it. As far as I know, sports-wise, you had uh, Eloy, Eloy, Eloy. How do you, we'll, we'll, we'll talk, <laughs> we'll talk about, about that, too. I think we know how to pronounce Eloy's name. Yeah, and, which is good, because oh, yeah. after the homer he hit earlier in the week, uh, all White Sox fans are, were extremely excited. Cub fans, not so excited, because they kept yelling to him, You suck! <laughs> and he made sure he told everybody after the game, He's which was very funny. He's got a smile ear to ear. Yeah, all he, the time, every game, he's smiling. You know... I had been told by by Cubs insiders that one of the reasons that they didn't now who knows this uh-huh. is just what I've heard that they uh, you know weren't adverse you know well you know what maybe we put him in maybe we package because they quote unquote I thought he was a you know what's the word, bad dude 
You well, know. they they did have some experiences with a guy like Jorge Soler, who, by the way, oh. hit his 21st homer last night. I still wouldn't want him. I know. I know. I agree with you. Uh, I know Sylvie was a big fan of uh, Soler, and he, he is an all-or-nothing guy. They got Wade Davis for him. Yes, and, they did. And Davis was terrific. Yeah. The rest of the team fell up, but Davis was great. Yes, he was. Yes, Tell he was. What, before we get to uh, talking about yesterday's ball games, you got Bulls talk coming up also. But EO11, let's take a look at the Murph and Fred fan focus group Twitter poll. Oh, we got a lot of great. I, I think they're good questions, Fred. Well, you you came up yeah. with them, so well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you so, spent all all night Friday night coming up with these. I did, I did. Uh, well, a couple of minutes. <laughs> Sox fans vote now at ESPN One Thousand. Eloy, the aforementioned Eloy. Some people still call him Eloy, right? Yes. Oh yeah. Same people still say, oh, you know, Bob had five RBI yesterday. They do say that. I know, whatever. Wrong. Hey, but they do say it. Sox fans vote now, or anybody. You're all welcome to vote at ESPN 1000. Eloy, in his best career year. Okay, he's going to play 15, 20 years, uh-huh. 17, 12, whatever. In his best career year, he will hit this number of home runs. A, 30 or more. That'd be his high, That'd be his best year, okay? okay? B, 40 plus. C, you know what? He's going to, one time, he's going to hit 50 plus. Okay. Let the record show. Uh, Stanton, uh, Giancarlo Michael Stanton had, has had 59 year under his belt already. Yeah. And Aaron Judge has a 52 year, year two, 52 homer year under his belt right. already. So, uh, vote now. Eloy in his best year will hit 30 plus, 40 plus, 50 plus, or D, 60. All right? Uh, Cub fans, who will get more starts the rest of the way this year? A, Tyler Chatwood, B, Edbear Elzeloy. And we'll find out how to pronounce his name <laughs> in a few minutes. I've heard the T is silent. Uh, the D is not a B, it's not Albert, it's not Abert, I don't know. We'll find out because we're going to go down on the farm in a few minutes. I would imagine the play-by-play voice of the Iowa Cubs, Dean Ellis, will know how to pronounce uh, Alizoy's, uh, Alizoy's name. All right. Alizoy. But that's why I'm not doing play-by-play for Des Moines, Iowa. Well, I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. It's terrific. Yeah. Des Moines, Iowa's <laughs> one of my favorite towns. You've been there recently. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. You hop in the car, you go there, you have fun, you come back. Okay. And you go through a uh, bow echo uh, tornado right around the uh, Mississippi River heading west. Whoa, what's happening? It's getting dark. Uh, Vote at ESPN 1000. Bulls fans. Oh, I like this one. A, B, C, or D. Bulls fans, who will play more games for the Bulls in their NBA career? Kobe White, Zach Levine, Wendell Carter. Do we have room to put the junior? Do we have enough characters there for the junior? We did. Junior's uh, in I, there. Oh, right. See, unless his dad's playing. I'm not, I don't usually call him that, but that's okay. But you're eligible to say that because you're Fred Huebner the, the 15th. Third. Yeah. You're Henry the 8th, I am, I am. That's right. My wife didn't want to have kids because she said if we had a son, <laughs> he named him Fred the 4th, he'd probably stutter. Second verse, same as the first. That's a uh, uh, illusion there. Yeah, you wouldn't understand. <laughs> That goes back to uh, Peter Noon, who, by the way, one of the greatest acts, if you ever can see, because he comes through the area about once a year, the Herman's Hermes guy, Peter Noon, unbelievably terrific. It's, people are too wound up with with the Rolling Stones. I just saw three people walk past with Rolling Stones t-shirts yeah. from last night. I've seen the Stones twice, and I can't believe the people. I've never seen them before. 
If you like them, you probably should have seen them by now. Yeah. Yeah. Or I've never been to Montreal. How many people I've heard because of the talk about Tampa Bay and you right. know Montreal and baseball? Well, maybe. half of the half of those guys were guys who play for Tampa Bay that said that. Well, that that's true. <laughs> yeah. I don't go anywhere. I've been to Montreal. Uh huh. Montreal's a wonderful city. Yeah. Who was it I heard never Notre, been? Notre Dame. Oh, Joe Madden said he's never been to Montreal. How could that be? Well, he never took the van up to Montreal. <laughs> Come on. You just go you go through customs in Detroit. <laughs> you just keep on driving. You get to Montreal. No big deal. What was the name of the van? Little Eddie? Or, or uh, based on the lost in, uh, the vaca- movie Vacation, Chevy Chase? They yeah. The, uh, I think Eddie was in there somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. Never been to Montreal. Never seen the Stones. Bulls fans, who will play more games for the Bulls? For the Bulls in their NBA career? A. Kobe White. You know what? You know, I, I have a hard time. I was just going to tell you. <laughs> I have a hard time every time I look at his name yeah. from not calling him Cody. Um, right. So I got to remember Kobe Bryant, Kobe White. Now, this is C-O-B-Y. Right. And you know why? His real name? I Wikipedia'd it last. I looked no, it up. I didn't up. know that. Didn't his know real he... name's Jacoby. Oh, okay. So they just dropped. Now he, it makes more sense. Yes, that, and it's easier than right. to remember that. And now it's easier he to remember. They dropped the uh, J A yeah. and uh, Jacoby. Uh, who will play more? Uh, Zach Levine, Wendell Carter Jr., or Larry Markinen? All right, the big four. Who's going to play more games in their NBA career? And uh, let's throw one in for Bears fans. All right, vote now. Offensive guard Kyle Long is reported to be fully healthy. I'm sorry, you read that with a straight face. But the record showed that was Fred laughing. Yes, it was. It's hard to read and laugh, so I can only do one <laughs> thing at a time. I'm rubbing my belly right now again. <laughs> Kyle Long is reported to be fully healthy. Will he start 16 games? Yes or no? Vote now. I've already used my laugh once, so I can't use it again. We're going to go down. This doesn't make Fred laugh. We're going to so. go down. On, oh, that was the yeah. greatest segment you didn't like ever. <laughs> right. See, I just did it. Yeah. What Kyle do I Long win? Play sixteen games. What do I win? Well, you, I, can, I, you can. Well, you know, I, I wish they would have gambling legal now in Illinois, yeah. so I could go up to the window and bet against that. There's no way he'll play sixteen games. <laughs> hope he's listening and hope he challenges it. Because if he plays sixteen games, that'd be wonderful. Make Fred laugh. He won a combo at Browns. <laughs> Yes, you did. Or Ronnie. Ronnie at Roma's. Ronnie at Roma's. Oh, God. Uh-huh. I, I saw him recently. Good guy. He's a tremendous Oh, man. yeah, yeah. So uh, we're going to go down to the farm. Dean Ellis. Going to find out how the uh, Cubs closer of the future, you know. Uh, the real near future, I think. Well, yeah, because uh, Keiko pitched yesterday night. in game. Yep. And wasn't he signed about the same time as uh, as uh, Kimbrel, right? Yeah. So I think Keuchel, when uh, when Keuchel was not mm-hmm. with the team, he was actually throwing on a regular basis, like every five days. Okay. He was, I mean, he was throwing in between, and every fifth day he was throwing the equivalent, from what I understood, of a game. So yeah. uh, he was all set and pitched last night. All right, so the White Sox win an exciting game, and uh, they win on a, a strategically uh, placed not a suicide bunt, but uh, you know, sacrifice bunt, safety squeeze, safety call squeeze, what you wish right. by uh, Yolmer Sanchez. Anyway, the White Sox now, as Fred mentioned, Fred just again one game under five hundred, huh? Thirty six and thirty seven. Yeah, yeah, it, it's nice, and uh, you know, it's almost to the point where you wish they would just not worry about it and just go on out and play. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm sure the players they have an idea where they're at, but they're playing hard, uh, you know, and uh, they're they're trying to battle. 
against some of their pitching because some of their pitching has really struggled at times, including Ronaldo Lopez giving up a 505-foot home run last night. You know, he's an interesting uh, pitcher. He settled down after that. Yeah. Now, yeah. after the game, I stuck around and, Not me. Uh, and watched. Game was over. I was out. No, I, I watched because uh, you can't miss Chuck Garfin and uh, Ozzie Gian on the uh, post game. And again, we'll have uh, uh, NBC Sports Chicago's senior producer, White Sox talk podcast, all that, Ryan uh, McGuffey later, around 11 o'clock, actually. So I'm watching Garfine and Ozzy, and they have a great rapport. You know, sometimes the host and the, you know, analyst guy, they, you know, they look like they're having a good time, or they, but the rapport, you know, not that it's ever. Well, yeah, it is forced or fake sometimes, right. you know. But these two get along well. And Chuck's just fabulous. You know, he just draws it out. And Ozzy loves it. Ozzy again, this is about 15 minutes in, so well after the game ended. And he starts talking about Ronaldo Lopez, White Sox starting pitcher. Okay. One, of, one of the big uh, builds for the future trades. Yep. And he, got, he sits around 95. And I think he tickles 96 last night, whatever. And Ozzy said... Instead of worrying about being a pitcher, he should be a thrower. And Chuck goes, oh, wait a minute. Usually it's the other way around. Yeah. Usually, you know, you want to uh, get a hard thrower after a year or two. You and know, make him a pitcher. Make him into a wise, crafty pitcher. Yeah. Up and down, in and out, changing speeds, changing uh, eye levels, you know, all that jazz, right? And Ozzy basically said he's thinking too much. Just get out there and throw the ball hard. Well, if I'm not mistaken, the first home run, the one that went 505 feet, there was a man on base, and he seemed to be too worried about the guy on base. And I was listening to the game on the radio, and all of a sudden I'm saying to myself, just throw the ball over the plate. Throw a high strike. These guys can't hit high. Oh, 505 feet. He must not have thrown the high heat. And uh, he didn't. And that's what happens. You worry too much about <laughs> yeah. the guys on base. There were two outs. Don't worry about a guy on base. Get the hitter out. And that's what they didn't worry about. And then Ozzy's, then he gets wound up right now. Oh, yeah. And the fast, the more wound up he gets, the faster he talks. And the faster he talks, you really have to listen. Well, and it's better when he's on TV because you can actually see him talk. Well, yeah. It's when you see him, it's yeah. easier. Yeah. To understand what he's saying. Right. Did you I love his passion. He, right. he he loves the game and he loves to be honest. He's he's never going to lie to you. No. He, and, ta- he he laid it out there for Adam Eaton to say how nobody liked you. Adam and, uh, Eaton, nobody liked you in the White Sox. <laughs> nobody liked you. Uh, Adam that Eaton. was great. Adam Eaton, no one liked you. So then, so Ozzy's getting wound up, wound up, and it's now it's harder and harder for me to pick every word out, right? And then all of a sudden, I hear, I hear Doc Oba. He's, Doc Oba. He's, so he's saying Don Cooper real fast. And what he's sort of saying is, you know, well, I'm not trying to tell Don Cooper how to do his job. Right. You know, because of Lopez and what I was sure. saying, being thrown at a pitcher. But then he's thinking, I don't even know if Don Cooper's still in charge. Who so goes, Don Cooper, I'll have him in charge. <laughs> well, I mean, Coop helped him with the, uh, I still have, uh, the one picture I would have wanted, yeah. and I, you know, I know I can get it somewhere, is the picture of Don Cooper with a cigar along with the four guys that started and through consecutive complete games nice. against the Angels in the playoffs back in 05. So the White Sox last night, Zach Collins, the number one uh, round pick, number 10 overall a few years ago, three-run bomb, his first uh, not only major league, White Sox homers, first major league hit. Yep. Hey, let's go down on the farm, and let's go to one of our favorite guys, the Iowa Cubs, Des Moines, Iowa, our uh, play-by-play guy, 
Our man Dean Ellis now uh, in Chicago on ESPN Chicago. He said, I got a couple minutes for Murph and Fred. Good morning, Dean. Thanks for jumping in with us. How you doing, my friend? Good morning, Doc. Guys doing well. <laughs> it's a little cloudy chance of rain today, but, uh, you know, the I-Cup's in first place, and Chicago in first place, so you can't beat that. The Blackhawks, a uh, good draft, so yeah. things are going well. Wow. And uh, Cub fans are wondering, you know, well, Craig Kimbrell, all right, I looked online, he had a pretty good one-inning outing, but I didn't see it. Uh, you've seen him a couple times now, and uh, what do you see? I know it's a small sample, a quick little snapshot, Dean Ellis, but what can you tell Cub fans today about the outing last night? He looked good, you know, the typical Kimball outing, uh, 19 pitches, 12 strikes, a little more extension, and and uh, more pitches than the quick outing he had in Sacramento, which was three up, three down, only eight pitches. But last night uh, against uh, Round Rock, which is an Astros affiliate, uh, 19 pitches, 12 for strikes. Uh, initially, uh, 93, a few fastballs. He had some good breaking balls. Uh, but then the last couple of hitters, it was up to 95 consistently. If I remember correctly, his last three, four pitches were fastballs at 95. But I like this command. I thought especially his fastball is ro- locating it really well. Uh, some of their hitters, uh, the guys he faced, had quality at bats, you know, fight some pitches off and take some borderline pitches, and, and they made it interesting. One guy, Jones, had a double against him, but uh, I, I thought he looked sharp. I think the plan is to, of course, see how he feels today coming off a 19-pitch outing, and, and uh, he would probably pitch again tonight. So if he goes well tonight and if he does pitch back-to-back games, that I think they'd reassess wow. on Sunday and Monday, and you could see him with uh, – the Chicago Cubs here shortly. Wow, great stuff. You have seen closers on, you know, quote-unquote rehab, uh, you know, coming through Iowa, Des Moines, and you just hit the nail on the head, Dean. What they usually do, teams, not just the Cubs, teams usually do, uh, they want to have that one time where they pitch back-to-back before they know in their mind, all right, we're confident now, and then they'll ask Kimbrell, I'm sure, how do you feel after back-to-back? But isn't that usually just before they're about ready to make the move, the call back up is the back-to-back? That's exactly right. Uh, hopefully they're feeling well and and again, just back to normal for him. He's a veteran pitcher. He's he's done this quite a few years, so he knows how his body feels. He knows how to prepare, and you have to compliment him for all the work that he did when he wasn't signed these last few months, beginning I think real quickly in the off season. Of what he said, just a typical off season, other than the contract situation or no contract situation that he worked out and was throwing, and he came into you know the Cubs contract in shape, really ready to go. It's basically just a a very short version of spring training for him. But, wow. Uh, again, we'll see if he does go back-to-back, and then that's an excellent sign that he'll be with uh, Chicago. You know, the before I forget, the other guy here on rehab has looked really good, and this is a problem you like to have, but Tony Barnett has pitched really well. has gone like eight or nine innings now without giving up a run. and just It's like Kimball. You see those guys that can dominate at this level, and, and so that's another dilemma Chicago's going to have that uh, when – when he can come off uh, the injured list and, and his rehab, uh, where they put him up, up in that bullpen. So things are looking pretty good pitching-wise for Chicago, especially with what Adbear Elsley, what he did the other day. So, man, you know, the game is pitching, and the Cubs look really strong in that department right now. I was going to ask you about Elsley because we're, we're – so the first T is silent – uh, and then, uh, you know, everything else, he, he just found out that he's a pretty good strikeout pitcher. Is that what, we, you know, what we saw on Thursday? Is that what we can expect? Oh, definitely a strikeout pitcher. He's got that, again, it's dominating type stuff. Uh, 
Uh, big league quality fastball at times. He can be very effective pitching up in the zone with his fastball. It has so That's much good. life. But uh, the, the breaking ball, again, uh, one of the, the better ones in the Cubs system. I, I think that the changeup is the third pitch, and you'll have to work on that a bit to be a long-time uh, pitcher in the, in the big leagues in the rotation. But, yeah, he, and he's, he's another guy that's a hard worker. He uh, put on some muscle this offseason, got even stronger, and I think that's helped him. And, again, if you follow his story, you know that when he was on the disabled list a lot uh, early this season and last year, he missed most of the year because of an injury. But he spent a lot of time video-wise, and it was watching uh, some of the, the pitchers that he admires at the big league level and, and seeing how they approach hitters. And, and he's got a very good pace, a very good rhythm out there. And, and just he's a, a good-natured kid, just happy, loves playing baseball, and, and wants to improve. So, again, I think he's a, a guy Cubs fans can look for to be in that rotation for a number of years. Yeah, El Zalay, uh, just an affable-appearing uh, uh, kid. He walked off the mound after the four terrific innings, doffed his hat. He held it up in the air for about the entire walk from the pitcher's <laughs> mound to the Cubs' dugout. The fans not only went crazy, but his teammates were laughing and so happy for him. And when the Cubs won the game, most of the players went off the field with their hats up in the air, doffing to the crowd, sort of honoring him. Is he? He's, it looks like, like you said, what, happy-go-lucky, but affable, and looks like a great kid. Yeah, he, he's uh, very modest, and, and he'll fit in up there. You know, again, with that rookie, won't be saying a lot, just following the lead of, of some of the veteran guys. And you got John Lester and Cole Hamels and, and pitchers ahead of him. Kyle Hendricks, the guy you can learn from, that, that uh, he'll watch their ways and learn even more. And keep in mind, the, uh, the Cubs are being smart about this because Elzele didn't pitch very much last season. So, you know, I don't know what the number is, but he has to be on, a, on an innings limit this year. So wow. by pitching him in relief initially, hmm. you know, they can keep those innings down and then maybe by later in the season, uh, well, it depends on what happens with the guys ahead of him, but stays in relief or just gets a few starts up there. But keep an eye on, on the number of innings that he will get this season, especially go, if they go deep into the, the postseason. They have to watch that. I just got to ask you one question about Alzale really quickly. Does he, um, he pitched six games at Iowa. Was he somewhere else and got called up to Iowa, or is he only pitched six because of the injury from last year? No, just the six. He, okay. he got hurt again, and uh, he was healthy from last year's injury, but then he had a, another minor setback in spring training. And again, I think the Cubs are just wise to hold him back, make sure he's 100%, sure. and bring him to uh, our level later in the season because they, these organizations anymore really watch not only pitch counts but these inning limits. And in some cases, they just expand them 40, 50 innings per year until they get up to hopefully around 200 where they can be an everyday starter in the big leagues. And even in the big leagues anymore, they watch the innings and even more so the veteran guys where, you know, John Lester, Cole Hamels, it's amazing the the uh, seasons those guys can give you the innings, but they have to watch that too also as a guy gets older. Well, we want to make sure we pronounce his name right. As uh, Gordon Wittenmeyer of the Sun-Times pointed out this week, he's the first Cubs pitcher to come through the system in the eight years under the uh, leadership of uh, Theo and Jason McLeod. He listed the only other guys that have even made it for one or two cups of coffee. The lefty Rob Zinsny, uh, Geraldo Concepcion, Bust, Pierce Johnson first run. These are all guys you've seen. Uh, Sang the lefty, Dwayne Underwood, James Norwood. Hopefully this is the keeper. His first name is spelled like Albert, but A-D-B-E-R-T, Adbert. But I understand that like Friends of the T's. How do we pronounce Mr. Senior Alzale's first name? We can call him Double A. That'd be really Double easy. Double A. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, double A. Uh, it's Ad Bear. It's like B E A R, the last part, Ad Bear. Yeah, All right. Ad Bear Ellsley, which, you know, again, is one of those names that flows off your tongue and just fits <laughs> in with, with being a sports hero one day. Yep. We're going to spring Dean Ellis on his busy day here on a Saturday. Was it fireworks last night or tonight, fireworks night? Last night we had fireworks. Uh, lost the game in, in uh, the 10th <laughs> inning. We've had back-to-back one-run games against Round Rock and their second-place team in their division, a real good team. The Astros have seemed to have those guys that keep coming, you know, with their their prospect list. They've done a marvelous job, just like Chicago, in, in rebuilding from the ground up. But uh, uh, last night the fireworks ah. and, and tonight, I think, you know, we had almost 12,000 people, so I Oof. think not only a – Good weather and, and fireworks, but the fact that Craig Kimbrell was going to pitch last night brought out a number of Cubs fans. As I always say, it's one of the great uh, two, three-day getaways. Drive to Des Moines. Beautiful downtown, beautiful principal uh, ballpark. Always a fun time. Dean will spring you, but everyone's in the county go, ask him about Ian Happ. Ask uh. him about Ian Happ. I got about 30 seconds. I know it could be a three-minute answer, but uh, tell us about Ian Happ. He's made some progress. He's had a couple of hits in this series going the other way, batting left-handed, punching the ball to left field. He has some power to all fields, but uh, still the strikeouts are up there. He's he's still striking out quite a bit, and the batting average is only like 228, 230. So I think the Cubs are still hoping for that surge that he has where he can hit you know, 350, 400 for a couple of weeks and then bring him back up. He's been playing center field every day. They've just stuck with him in center, and he, He's such a, a good athlete, good runner, has speed, can steal bases, runs the bases well, very good in the outfield, a strong arm. He made a perfect throw to the plate last night, nearly got a guy. It looked like he had no chance. But huh. offensively, I think I think he still needs the work to, to cut down on the, uh, the strikeouts and improve there and get back to the big leagues. So they've taken him pretty much, at least recently, off second base? Yeah, he hasn't played second. I would, boy, I have to look back, right. but I'd say at least three, four weeks, almost yeah. a month. Yeah, he played second uh, when I was there. That was the uh, two seven inning doubleheader. The doubleheader seven innings, seven innings. He struck out five times. It was uh, uh, not pretty. But oh, so you were the guy that was heckling him? No, oh. no, I love the guy. <laughs> okay, he was going to be the next Ben Zobrist. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Hey, Dean, we have, we've got this other guy here, Robel Garcia, switch hitter, who's played a lot of second and some third, ah. but uh, he leads all the all of the minor leaguers in the Cubs system and home runs between double-A, triple-A. But he's been pretty impressive, and he's the kid that played in Italy for about five years, and the Cubs found him, and, and he's uh, I think he's on the radar cool. now because they're working him in the outfield a little bit, too, before games. Hey, Dean, you're the best. Thanks for the impromptu quick visit. We always appreciate your personal time. Anytime, guys. Thanks, Bye. Dean. Thanks, Dean. See you later, Dean Ellis, Murph, and Fred. When we return, we'll stay in the baseball beat pretty much, but the Bulls, we have a soundbite. Of all the different experts and the different breakdowns and pros and cons, the discussion of number one pick, Kobe White. Kobe White. Uh-huh. And that would be Jacoby White. That's how I remember it. Uh, I'm going to play the best we heard. Okay. The best I heard. Cool. You, you might want to agree. Back in a flash and vote. We had a lot of good stuff going on the Twitter poll. Just in a half hour, it's ESPN 1000. Welcome back, Murph and Fred. The little guy, Jesse Rogers, will phone in around uh, at top of the hour, 10 o'clock. White Sox talk. Well, we'll continue Cubs and Sox talk until noon, but 
Big day uh, for Zach Collins. We'll talk about him. Ryan and, McGuffield and join us, yeah. Eloy and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Dylan Seas pitched last night. We'll talk yes, about that. Yes. Uh, let's take a quick look at, though, uh, what happened the last few days for your Chicago Bulls. Your Chicago Bulls. <laughs> there we go. Always gets me in the mood. I guess number one question. We need Tommy Edwards now jumping on in. 6-5 from North Carolina. You know, we had a lot of great experts Yeah, all week. I didn't hear anyone uh, ask around. Remember the old uh, thing, you got to ask, the, you know, you, to get the right answer. And I didn't hear anybody. Maybe I missed it. Miss a little, miss a lot. How are you going to get rid of Chris Dunn? That, that, that to me is like number one right now. Not who's playing where, who's uh-huh. getting the minutes. Yeah. Uh, are there still point guards? Are there still, you know, shooting guards? Passes? No, they're all interchangeable, you know. How are you going to get rid of Chris Dunn? Number one, as I, uh, you know, listen, nobody wants. He's got zero. What did I hear? One expert. You know, he's got zero trade value. You're not even going to get a second-round pick for him. Yeah, that's probably true. He's not going to buy into this. He thinks he's the starter. He thinks, no, he's not going to like this. It's not going to be pretty. That's my guess. He's not going to easily say, oh yeah, I got competition or this guy's number. He's, you would think that he'd gear up his game, you know, and try to keep his job, right? Well, I mean, he's young enough where he can, if he wants to play a long time in this league, Mm -hmm. you know, suck it up, get better, learn to shoot, you know, and, uh, you know, you you could still be around this league for a long time. When I saw the amount of money being paid by some of these guys, guys are picking up their option. You know, Whiteside from Miami for twenty seven million dollars. You know, you're Chris Dunn. You just you better get out there and improve so you can you can make stupid money, which the rest of the NBA is paying a lot of people. Well, that brings us back to our Twitter poll question. Thank you, Fred. And it is stupid money. Hey, oh, thanks a stupid Twitter poll. No. A, B, no, no. C, or D. Now, let the record show. We only have, we can only put four up, right? Uh, that's know, it. Yeah, well, okay. So, uh, that's why Chris Dunn didn't make the cut. We only have four. Well, he, he, hope he, he hopes he doesn't hear those words again. Didn't make the cut or got cut. Chris Chris yeah. Dunn did not make the yeah. cut. Who will play more games for the Bulls in their NBA career? Kobe White, Zach Levine, Wendell Carter Jr., Laurie Markin, and let's bring in uh, Eric Ostrowski. Eric, why don't you uh, bring us from the bottom up, or how do you want to do this one? Yeah, we'll do bottom up. Um, only right. 6% of the voters think Zach Levine mm. will play the most games for the Bulls. Huh. In their career. Right. Right. Okay, cool. Okay. Um, 8% of the voters voted for Wendell Carter Jr. Hmm. 21% said Kobe White and 65% hmm. with the majority is Laurie Markkinen. All right. I can't say that I disagree. It is quite a, a runaway there. You know, and Laurie Markkinen makes the most sense. Right. Now, what do you think John Paxson's hoping? Is he hoping that all four of these guys play, like, you know, 10 years with the Bulls? Or is he looking at, well, you know what? Those fans are pretty smart. I'm going to be making a move here. I'm Maybe I'm moving Zach Levine. What can I get back for him? I still think Pax wants to sit tight with these four. Yeah, so do I. I think, pa- I think Pax, and I think uh, he mentioned it the other day without coming out and saying it. But basically, they've done what they wanted to do. Uh, they had the seventh pick in the draft, not one, not two, but basically three years in a row. Uh, Markinen was seven, Carter was seven, mm-hmm. and uh, Kobe uh, Kobe is now seven. So you know their their rebuild is on, 
and uh, they're going to see what these guys can do with uh, with uh, Boylan as a coach and uh, go from there. And uh, the new Twitter poll question vote now at ESPN 1000. If the Bulls improve from last year's 22 wins, 60 losses. All right. You said if. <laughs> they had better. Otherwise, all hell's going to break loose. I had to buy a can of WD-40. <laughs> oh, I love the old what if, Bell. Yeah. yeah. What if the Bulls improve from uh, 22 and 60 to 41 and 41 this year? Okay. So the Bulls improve. 22 wins up to 41 and 41. This season upcoming will then be described as A, a huge success. B, well, a good trend. C, average. Well, 41 41 is average, right? right? Yes, it is. By definition. Uh Or D, failure. Some people say if you don't win the championship, the season's a failure. Yeah. Well, whatever, but that, you know. They do. So So the failure for the Warriors this year, which I guess would be right. So vote now. If the Bulls improve, when the Bulls improve, is that better, Fred? Yes. When the Bulls improve, Pax is, you know, on his uh, treadmill now. He's working. Just say when. Just say now. When the Bulls improve this year from 22 and 60 to 41, 41, this year will be a huge success, a good trend, average or a failure. So, we had so many great experts miss a little, miss a lot. They were all on. ESPN 1000. Yeah, for, you know, Black, and, uh, Black and Hood. Hood and Black did a great job of the draft. They basically said, we ain't leaving until Pax talks to us. And around midnight, John Paxson talked I to him. I heard that, yeah. You heard it all right here on ESPN 1000. The guys mm-hmm. did a great job. They were also recapping a lot of it last night here on ESPN. You can always go to the ESPN app and catch the podcast of that if you missed it. So everyone gave their opinions, their inside knowledge. On uh, number one, uh, pick seven overall, uh, uh, Kobe uh, White. And, you know, uh, everyone, that's why we have the experts on. Because each expert's, you know, expert, but different. Of all of them, the best one that I heard, Fred, okay. was our own uh, Jordan Cornette. Okay. Who I uh, often hear with the Cap and Cap and Company, 9 Thank God he's finally back from the, the wedding that yeah. went forever. Yeah, yeah. My Lord. And uh, now... Just I, I, know, Jordan. I know Jordan, you know, uh, played for Notre Dame. Uh-huh. Uh, he was all-time rebounder or one Lock short. Lock shots, I Lock think. shot. Yeah. Lock shot. I know. I made the mistake before. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I know. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. And uh, very astute, knowledgeable, and and just follows college basketball. I, I, I Most importantly, he's a nice guy. Well, that too. <laughs> yeah. That too. A nice guy that can actually play basketball and knows what he's talking about. Yeah. And he has seen all these guys because he did a lot of That's college. It. He did a lot of college basketball that's color it. commentary throughout the yeah. course of the year, and uh, that's that's key when you're doing something like this. So uh, this is less than one minute, I think. We have the cut right here. Uh, so miss a little, miss a lot. This was uh, yesterday, about uh, well at nine fourteen in the morning. Uh, cut uh, three, go. Kobe White at seven was a home run. It's a guy that I truly believe is going to be a very very good pro. He's going to be a great pro. And he's not your traditional point, but he's a guy who plays blistering fast. He's a creator. He's a catch-and-shoot guy. He will push the pace, and that's when the Bulls are at their best. Open in space with rangy guys that are versatile pieces like an auto porter, but they were pushing it. They were pushing it. And Kobe White is a guy that will push that pace for this team, and he does have that great size. He doesn't have great length with those arms, but he's 6'5". He can grow as a defender. He can grow as a guy who scores off the bounce into the jump shot, but in terms of a catch-and-shoot guy, he's got that. With that size, he can get to the rim. 
but he's going to speed up these Bulls, and they have the pieces around him to run. Really excited about this. Don't worry that he's not a traditional point guard. He's got that combo guard feel. He's not going to be navigating through half court against against the defenses. Uh, he won't shine there right away trying to make plays and discover avenues. But in terms of what Boylan's going to want to do with these Bulls, run, play in space, he'll be great at that. It's a great fit. Yeah, that's a great breakdown, I thought, from uh, Jordan Cornette. I agree with you, Murph. And today in the Tribune, the paper, I got it right here. Mm-hmm. I, I get them all the time. Yeah. But the headline, and Casey Johnson wrote the article, but the headline, and I almost did a double take because I, you know, it's one of those things like, really? You have to tell us that? It says, Bulls likely to pick up the pace with White. Huh. Well, likely could have been out of that. Now, it's that's just, a headline writer. I not know, Casey. Right. It's not, not Casey. Right, right, right. About it. it should have just said bulls to pick up the pace with white. Because yeah. the word likely, there's no reason that should be there. Because if they're not expected to pick up the pace, something's seriously, seriously wrong. Because if you're playing in the NBA, you're trying to challenge the rest of the teams in the National Basketball Association, you better get up and run. And hopefully that's what this Bulls team is going to do with Kobe White. Now they brought in a new assistant. They brought in three new assistant coaches that are all highly regarded, I understand. One of them is an offensive pace guy. So, uh, But you're right about that. You know, I Remember the go-go White Sox? Oh yeah. Definitely. Well, I can see it right now. All they got to do is uh, just ask Murph, the new team, the go-go Bulls. The go-go Bulls. Yeah, and then they can get the old polka out and you can dance around the table. <laughs> Murph and Fred back in a flash. Hey, back on the baseball beat in a few minutes. Vote now. Got a lot of Twitter poll action going. Jesse in a few minutes. ESPN 1000. Busy day. Glad you're with us. Murph and Fred, Jesse in a few minutes. Get right back to the White Sox exciting game last night. But we have so many Twitter polls and so little time. Let's bring in EO11. Eric, uh, fans have been voting on uh, which one you want to go to. Number seven there, the uh, Bears fans on uh, Kyle Long. Yeah, let's do that. All right, set it up and then pay it off, please. All right, Bears offensive guard Kyle Long is reported to be fully healthy. Pause while Fred laughs again. <laughs> I still, you know, like, hopefully he is for his sake and for the Bears fans' sake. You know, we used to have the drop-in of the canned yeah. laughter, you know. Yeah. That, we don't even need it. No. That was great. No. Fred's right there. All right, uh. so then we asked people on Twitter, yeah. since he's reportedly fully healthy, will he start 16 games? See, I could have put, will he start 16, 14, 12? But I figured let's just, you know, right. cut right to the bone. Uh, so will he start 16 games, yes or no? It's is, got it. This has to be 80% is no. It, just tell us first, Eric. Is it a uh, teeter-totter near a, a landslide? Or it's, a, it's, there's an obvious winner. Okay, go ahead. 72%. Oh, I was close. Say no, he will okay. not start 16 games. All right. You know, I, I hate to bring this up because he is a big hope. To keep him healthy and keep the offensive line. Consistency oh. in an offensive line is a huge thing. He's huge, too. But in the Bears' loss in the playoffs. Not so good. No. Of all the offensive line guys, he played the worst. And everybody was in such a hurry to get him back. I didn't understand why as soon as he was healthy, they put yeah. him back in. Yeah. I thought he needed more time. Again, I'm and that's not a not football a second, coach. Not no. a second guess. It was no. a first guess. You yeah. said that before they did it. I didn't quite understand uh-huh. what the hurry was to put him back in the lineup and, and the starting uh, position. Obviously, Matt Nagy and everybody thought that he was ready to help. 
you know, may, could could somebody also help more? I don't know. White Sox, a fun uh, game and a exciting game. They win five to four in extra innings. There were two parts I didn't enjoy much. Top the of homers that went about a thousand feet. Top of the second inning, and uh, it was his second plate appearance. He had walked pinch hitting against the Cubs, so it was his first official at bat. Number 10 pick overall in the draft just a few years ago. Is he a catcher, a DH, a first base? Well, he bats left-handed, and he stepped up trailing 2 to nothing. 2-2. Two two. Collins hits it high in the air, center field. Santana back at the wall, and it's gone! First Major League home run for Zach Collins is also his first hit. Highlights uh, NBC Sports Chicago. What are you going to do with this guy, Fred? Well, he DH'd last night, uh-huh. and right now, as long as uh, Wellington Castillo's got the oblique injury, that could be a while. So you see if he's, you know, if you can have uh, Zach Collins catch a little bit, well, get what, some experience yeah. here. What about that big fire hydrant you got uh, platooning DH in first base with uh, with Abreu? Who? Who? And what's his name? Alonzo. Alonzo. Yeah. Alonzo. Yeah, I would not be surprised if somewhere along the line. What do you need uh, him for anymore? Yeah, you don't. Uh, I would not be surprised if somewhere along the line we just saw Bye-bye. him, uh, saw just him really? leave. Just in time for John Jay to come up. Right. Because it appears he's about ready to come yeah. up. It, now the question is. He's been April 1st, by well, the way. Yeah, but now he's played like 13 or 14 games, I think, in a row. And I, now mm. it's about time yeah. for them to figure out. Charlie Tilson, who keeps making mistakes in right field. He booted a ball again. On uh, a ball that maybe they had a chance at first. They had and, a good uh, chance home at home. And, or Ryan Cordell. One of those two guys better step up over the next couple days because one of them's going back down to the minors. Fred, you got this Alonzo, who's been a huge disappointment. Yes, he they, has. They paid him some dough. Remember the rumor was, well, he's a brother-in-law, yeah, sister-in-law. Brother-in-law. Manny's, Manny's brother-in-law. Manny, and I never bought that, that that's why they did it. Who knows? Maybe they did, maybe they didn't. Point is, the Zach Collins... He's a number 10 overall pick first round. He's one of the rebuilt futures. Why wouldn't you play him every day now at either first base, uh, DH, platoon? Let him do what the other guy was doing. I'm, with not, the sure, yeah, I'm not sure how much first base he played in the minors because I know he played, you know, obviously he's Fine, a catcher. Whatever. But, you know, maybe maybe that's something they look forward to for next when year. When Wellington comes back, Alonzo is the one you release, not, you know, because the, they love Wellington, all the players. and he's Yeah, a plus Abreu would like it because Abreu likes playing yeah. at first base. And to be honest with you, I know the numbers show, but Abreu has gotten much better at first base. Hey, when we talk Sox at 11 again, and we'll do it a lot between now and then, I'll tell you who's getting better is your left fielder. But hold that thought. Every day I see improvement in, in your left fielder. Well, he couldn't go the other way. No, no. He couldn't have gotten four, worse. Four to four, to four Sox are tied uh, with the Rangers. It's the top of the 10th inning. There's a man on third. Yeah, well, you know who's on third? The left yeah, fielder. Eloy. Eloy Jimenez. I'll tell you what. He's got those long strides like Bryant. He moves quicker than you think he's going to move. Can he get in from third base on the drag bunt? There it is again. Drag first base side by Sanchez. It gets the run hauled. And Sanchez, with a beauty of a butt, the Sox once again pull muscles from a shell, and it's 5-4 to four here in the 10th. Good execution this time by Yomer. The last one was away. He stabbed at it. This one, he took it with him up the right side. And turning Kelly around where the play is behind him, he had no chance to get Aloy at the plate. So great execution. Kelly can't see what's going on behind him, which is Aloy scoring. It's a great bunt.
indefensible. It was not even a suicide, but just laid to drag. And I'll tell you one thing, uh, Jason Minetti, he used the phrase correctly. It was a drag bunt. That's down the first baseline. A push bunt right. is down the third baseline. And that's for a left-handed hitter and a right-handed hitter. It's always push towards third, drag towards first. A lot of people might disagree with me. Could, I didn't know a right-hander could drag a bunt. I believe any time it's down first base, okay. it's a push. Yeah. And it's, it's you drag it by the motion of the bat, I think, is what yeah, it is. Yeah, but if you drag a button, yeah. you're right-handed, it's going down third baseline. That, that's, what I'm, like, that's what I'm saying. Oh, so it's opposite. It's not yeah, the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. opposite. You were saying it's the same. Yeah, so it's opposite. Well, a first, lefty drag button yeah. is down the first baseline. I'm sorry, A yeah. righty drag button will be down the third baseline. Well, exactly. That's what's uh, okay. too uh, incoherent to uh, convey there, but thank <laughs> you for clarifying again. <laughs> All right. Good thing we don't have kangaroo court here. I'd be buying everybody coffee every two minutes. Jesse, next. I'd rather have a beer. Back in a flash. Thank you for joining us for hour it's number one. Stick around. We're here till noon. Vote now, Cub fans. Who will get more starts the rest of the way? Tyler Chadwood or Ed Bear? Ed Bear. Ed Bear. Thank you. Elzalai. CSPN 1000. Who needs coffee? Not that I ever wait till five. Live from the first Midwest Bank studios on State Street, you are listening to ESPN 1000. WMVP Chicago. It's always all right when we know you are with us. Thank you very much for spending some of your Saturday with Murph and Fred. Always nine till noon. It's a gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous day. June 22nd, mm-hmm. 622. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's festivals all over the place. Downers Grove, Rotary Fest, yeah. all kinds of stuff. Great beer. I don't know why that always comes up, but. What if a festival had no beer? Would we have Fred that, there? That would be, there would likely be no no appearance by no, me. No, no Fred? Uh-uh. No. I don't even think it's a festival then. <laughs> That's right. You got to change the name. It's just called uh, Get Together. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was exactly going to say. <laughs> It's, it's called Vasas Das, Das ist der Biergarten. Yes. Eine Bier bitte. See, you do German better than I do. Well, of course. Well, that's the only one I say. Eine yeah. Bier bitte. One beer, please. And I, I, why would I ever stop at one? Did you, know? you take German at the good old no, I took French. I took French for three years. Oui, oui. Parlez-vous français. I took a year of German. It was the worst year of my life. Yeah, I know, but you're pretty good at it. Well, was is das dort drüben? What is that over there? Das ist eine Bibliothek. That, that is the uh, library. Yeah. What was the trip? That is as Barnhofen. There's the train station. That's there you all go. I know. There you go. Was is das? That's Jesse. The toilet you need to know. <laughs> Saturday, be on the park. Hey, Jesse. Hey, Jesse. Spanish was a snap. Two years of that. Good old Lions Township High School, LaGrange. Jesse, Will Rogers, uh, <laughs> uh, from uh, uh, Glenbard, uh, what? Glenbard North? Glenbrook North. Glenbrook North. North? Yep. You know what Jesse majored in there? Umpiring Little League games. Oh, he was the best. <laughs> well, thank goodness he wasn't yeah. in, he wasn't in the news the other, like the guy the other day. Oh, I don't know anything about, about those, those lovely parents. <laughs> Jesse, to, Jesse, you never attacked an umpire, did you? Say hi to Jesse Rogers. And, they uh, attacked me. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Oh, yeah. 
And, and uh, you paid him to do it. It was crazy. You loved it. You loved every minute of it. All right, let's good morning, get to, boys. Hey, good morning, Jesse. Thanks for jumping in here. Uh, the miracle on Addison Street. Now, that's that's what the newspapers uh, used to call the 1969 Cubs until around uh, September 1st. No, the miracle on Addison. It was cool, you know. And But... There's a new miracle on Addison Street, and his name's pronounced Edmar Elzeley. I know this was two days ago, but Thursday, Jesse, Fred, that was one of the most fun uh, games I've ever seen. The four-inning strategy, and you've broken it down on the shows. You did a great job, as always. Four innings with Chatwood, four innings with uh, Elzeley. It The script just as it was scripted. But this kid, and we just visited with Dean Ellis, Jesse, AAA voice of the Iowa Cubs and just saying what a wonderful kid and I heard you uh, glowing about him I know you use the word I think compelling and uh, and uh, affable mm-hmm. uh, what a great kid and the smile ear to ear and then he doffs the hat in case anyone with you know people work on Thursdays and give us a, again another minute or two the, the wonderful story of that Thursday. Yeah, and, and I'll preface it by saying I think we are all starving for the next guy on the mound with this team because it's been so long since they've brought up a young young guy that can do something. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't want to go back to Kerry Wood, but it feels that <laughs> long, right? No, by uh, does. Yeah, and, and so, you know, and, and I'll, I'll mention this part because I know you like it, Murph. You yeah. know, you, you're not supposed to talk to the starter before he starts a game, but Ooh. this was a little bit of a loophole, as I mentioned yesterday. We knew he was going to pitch. We knew he was going to pitch almost like a starter, multiple innings, up to four or five. Mm-hmm. But because he wasn't starting, uh, reporters were allowed to talk to him before the game. So had this great vibe from him before the game, this just, just beautiful young rookie vibe that you'd expect, not jaded like the rest of us. And then he goes out there, and uh, uh, it's not even his best pitch that works. I like that maturity out of him. It's his changeup that was his best pitch, not his curveball or his fastball, though his fastball was fine. Uh, but we didn't see the, the the best curves out of him, though he dropped a couple in, and and he performs great. And he and he um and I liked he took Joe's advice. Joe said, um, uh, enjoy the moment, take a snapshot or two of things, Sl- let it slow down on you if you can. And I think he did, and that was evidenced by when he walked off the mound to, to have the uh, realization to acknowledge the crowd like that so as cool. a rookie. Yeah, in his debut. Like I said, I think we were all starving for a performance like this, and um, his personality helps. I have no idea how his stuff is going to play. Let's face it; it's one day. It looks good. It, it, you know, we've seen other good performances. Dwayne Underwood had a good one, but there does seem like this guy has a little something more. Maybe it's maybe it's his charisma, but I think there's a little well, more there. It, it was it was a miracle on Addison Street <laughs> because, as Gordy pointed out this week, and we all had oh, they, they've had nothing in right. eight years under un, under the embarrassing tutelage of, of uh, Jason McLeod and and why Theo has kept this guy for eight years. Here was the quick list, and then I know Fred, you have some great stats there uh, on LZLA, but Rods is in. Whatever his name was, Geraldo Concepcion, a bust out lefty. They gave him five mil dough. Pierce Johnson, the first round pick, 
bust out. The lefties sang horrible BP when he'd come out there. Bam, bam, bam. Who is this guy? Who is one of our top young pitchers? The aforementioned Dwayne Underwood, James Norwood. They've had nothing in eight years. It is right now a miracle on Addison Street. Yeah, and I'll use Jen Hilt saying as a good example of when you hear people say, oh, we got guys down in the low A, low minors, down in uh, low A or high A. Every team says that. I remember them saying that years ago, and I got drawn in by saying myself. I saw them throwing bullpens down in, in the back backfields in uh, in the back uh, on the backfields in spring training. And then I saw them in Stalker. spring. You're a stalker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know, you you get drawn in a little bit, and they're talking. Right. Uh, next time anybody says we got guys down in low A, don't believe them. <laughs> no, don't you believe can't. Them. You That's can't. why Kyle Long's going to start 16 games for the Bears at offensive guard yeah. because he's feeling good. Yeah, that ain't happening yeah. either. Uh, Jess, and before I get to some more something else about Alzale, mm-hmm. but him walking off with the hat up in the air, I, I do have to tell you, uh, young pitchers, and I'm not not going to name any names, but people can take you know for whatever what it's worth. Mm-hmm. Anytime a young pitcher pitches well in his first or second year and gets a standing ovation, they should always tip their hat. And I think to, to suck that in and enjoy it, it's not only for them, but it's for the fans because the fans are on their feet showing their appreciation. And it was great for the so fans cool. in the stands so cool. to see him acknowledge them. And I thought that that was very very cool. But the one oh, thing, we, with you. yeah, when we had Dean Ellis on uh, earlier. I, I looked at um, Alzale's stats at Iowa. I did not know that he had only pitched six games and threw 32 right. innings. What can Cub fans possibly expect from him now that he's up here? Well, they're going to leave him up here for a little bit. I don't know. You know, the fact that he has options doesn't mean he's here for good because you, you, right. you utilize that to your max. Yeah. But um, he, when Theo says he's got the best curveball he's seen out of him right now, I believe that. So that that's something to look forward to because I don't think we saw it the other night. Um, look, I think he's going to start in, in short order. The, the question is, do they start them both, uh, meaning Chatwood and Alzley, like back-to-back days or something weird like that? I don't know. But here's my point. I think they showed the respect to Chatwood they needed to by letting him start that game. Alzley clearly has ability at this level. I don't think they have to defer to Chatwood again if they don't want to. And I don't, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. okay, hey, here's the So I think Alzley, they'll probably announce it today or tomorrow. I think Alzley's getting a start next time through, which would be Tuesday for Hendricks. That, I, I really believe that. Now, they might give Chatwood one as well somewhere down the road or soon after. I don't know. But I don't think you're just leaving Alzley in the bullpen in a role that he's not really familiar with. And you're not maxing him out putting him in the bullpen. So I, he, he did outpitch Chatwood forever that's worth in one game. I think he's getting a start. But are you concerned? Because, I mean, on both sides of town, I know that it's happened for the White Sox, too. They say, well, the guy needs a certain amount of innings before he comes up. Well, I know Alzale was bouncing off an injury last year, and he got hurt earlier this year. But just to throw 32 innings and then to be brought up and then to be put as a starter, is that a little bit too much too soon? And let me jump in. Dean Ellis intimated in his opinion that AAA, you know, he's been around over 30 years. He says, I would not be surprised if he's on a pitch count. Now, they're not going to tell you that. So to start him might mean he'll be on a 50 or 60 pitch count, and that's a fourth inning. So the chat with things back and forth. In fact, Jesse Fred, let's bring in EO11. Our current Twitter poll question right now is Cup fans, who will get more starts, 
the rest of the way this year for the Cubs. Chetwood or Alzaloy? Let's hear what the... I mean, it's uh, no. we don't know the answer. That's why it's a great poll question. What do the fans think? What do they wish? 74% of the voters said... That Adbert Alzale will get more starts. All right. Okay. Jesse, I'm sorry. Go back to you now. Yeah, no, that's a good That's a good poll question. I, w- I would agree with that, but I don't think it's going to be like 10 to 8 or something. I, remember, they have five solid starters. This is a veteran team looking for a championship. I mean, look, anything can happen if Alzale takes the, the league by storm. Well, they but don't I, have, excuse me, they don't have five solid because well, Hendricks what, right now is on yeah. the I.L. No, I know. My point being... Okay. My point being, he, uh, to go back to Fred's point, yeah, they're they're going to use him a, 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 until Hendricks comes back, and then he's back to the minors in my mind. Unless there's a spot in the bullpen, they have to put him in. That's what I'm saying. If he's just so good, but my point is, they will limit his pitches and innings just via the fact that they have five when healthy, and he'll yeah. go back down. My, I, I don't think that makes sense. I don't think he has a chance to enter the rotation if all five are healthy. I think that's kind of an obvious statement. Now, could he be a sixth here and there? Yes. Yes, but in, in doing so, it will limit him just by naturally. He's not taking – my point is he's not taking every five days a turn for the rest of the season. That's just not happening. All right, what, what if he uh, you know, keeps going four or five innings with one hit? Well, like I said, there's extreme, well, extreme just, things. I, I, I – I guess they could leave him as a six, but they're not. He's not replacing no. those five. See, here's what's interesting, and you've been you've been on this. And, and see, what's interesting is the Thursday game where Collinwood went bookend, double bubble, whatever the current yeah. hip phrase is. But four innings, Chatwood. Then you bring in Alzaloy, and what happens there is everything's positive except for one thing. You have thirteen pitchers, eight in the bullpen. Now you've diminished the bullpen by one because you're using those two guys four innings. Can you then pitch Chatwood on his quote-unquote throw day? You wouldn't do this with Alzaloy because, like Fred was in the arm and, you know. But, so could you do the double bubble again in five days where Chatty goes four, Alzaloy maybe goes four, but then you can bring Chatwood back in two days for one inning if you need him? That's just thinking outside the box here. That's no, all. I, I, I agree with you, but they'll, I think they'll flip him. If they're going to do that, I think Alzale would start right. and Chatwood would relieve. I think they'd flip him because that way you can let Alzale go as long as he can. Okay. And then it, it, that could be six innings. And then you, you don't even need Chatwood. You go to your other guys. Based on Chatwood's pitch count. Available. Based on yeah, his based pitch, on pitch count, count right. as much as anything. So yeah. Th- th- that's kind of what I'm saying. I think now Alzale gets flipped to be a starter in mm-hmm. the near for the near term until Hendricks comes back. And, you know, you, you, you got to have a conversation with Chatwood. And at least this guy, look. At least you can go to the veterans in that clubhouse and say, look what this kid did. He deserves another shot. You know what I'm saying? They could not do that before he, he showed up the other night. So there's some, there's some conversations that have to happen. It's just not even about Chatwood alone. It's about the other veterans seeing that. But now the veterans saw what Alzale can do. Nobody can say, hey, why are you starting him over Chatwood? And it may be actually easier to manage him as a starter than a guy that comes in, too, because if he comes in and gets rocked a little bit, then he goes like two-thirds of an inning, you pull him <laughs> out. Yeah, If you start him, at least you have an, a little bit of an idea how long you not, want him not, to go. Not, not only that, look, you don't want him warming up any more than he should. What sure. if you have a long inning beforehand and he's got to warm up? Good and point, then, yeah. You know, he sit yeah. down. It, it kind of happened the other day in a way. They were close to taking out Chatwood. And bringing in Ryan mid-inning, mm-hmm. getting Alzale ready for the next. It's just easier if he starts. The routine, the prep, everything. I even asked Joe, 
this first time out, you know, it, it, it should will the adrenaline just get him through? Because he hasn't been a reliever at all this year, right? It's not easy right. to, to start warming up in the fifth inning when you're used to doing it a different way. So he said yes to that, but I truly believe his next appearance will be a start. I'll be surprised if it's not. Well, the one thing with those 32 innings down at Iowa, six games, 46 strikeouts, six walks. So that's a good thing to see. Oh, it's a great thing. Yeah. Seven to one, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jesse, Fred, before we move on quickly to yesterday's Cubs game, Jesse Rogers with us. Uh, Chatwood, he pitched those first four innings Thursday. He is no longer last year's Chatwood. I'm going to break down one quick uh, pitch. So it's the fourth inning, everybody. The Cubs have scored six in the bottom of the third to go ahead uh, of the Mets by scoring six to three. Now it's the fourth inning. And now we talk a lot about shutdown innings. For instance, Darvish has not shown to be uh, the guy always to, you know, hey, we got we just got the lead. Now I'm going to shut him down. But so Chadwood comes out to pitch the fourth inning. The Cubs have just gone ahead with that six-run uh, third, which is a great inning because it was a bunch of, you know, the hits and not, not home runs. But here's what happens. First batter, fourth inning, grounds, grounds out. Then there's a, a base hit. Then there's another base hit. So here you are. It's first and second, one out. You've just gone up 6-3, right, Jesse? Mm-hmm. And they bring in, in the nine hole for Lockett, a pinch hitter, Davis, who's been red hot. It's first and second one out, and it's a 3-2 count. You know what happened last year, don't you? Ball four, loads up the bases, then you got the top of the other, the red-hot McNeil guy, and all of a sudden, you know what? Base hit here, it's 6-5. to five. He gets a 6-4-3 double play on the 3-2 pitch with first and second one out. Sort of lost in the shuffle. I don't want to get too in the weeds here for everybody, but last year's Chadwood would have walked him on 3-2 and loaded up the bases for the top of the order. Everything from last year on that pitch showed me it's gone. It's now history. I agree with you 100% with everything you said right there. He has 12 double plays induced this year. You don't do that if you're not making good pitches. Now, he's getting hit a little bit more, Mm -hmm. but you know what? That's okay. Make them earn it. This is a great example of the whole idea that you, you you don't want to walk guys because it's hard to get three, four hits in an inning. Look what Chatwood did the other night. is a great example. One hit, two hit, double play. One hit, two hit, double play. Okay, a walk, a hit, double play. Mm-hmm. Twelve double plays, mm-hmm. three the other night. He's only pitched 39 innings. I think you're exactly right, and that illustrates the difference in him. Why make them walk? Because it's either – going to be a home run or or you're going to need three or four singles to score and that's hard to do in this day and age with the shifts and the scouting reports yeah. and everything else he keeps getting those ground ball double plays i don't know if he can do it for the entire season but you're right if you're not walking guys at least make them put it in play and maybe you'll get two outs out of it all right jesse fred let's get serious now two plays in the Cub game. By the way, the Mets have a pitcher named Pounders. Have you seen this guy? He can lose about 50 pounders, by the way. My God. But for a major league player, you know. Now, so the the Cubs have two base running brain cramps yesterday. Oh, I thought you were going to go with gaffes. Let me ask you I thought you were going with base running gaffes. 
I like that word. I never use it, but I... By the you know. way, Elzelay did not... And you're not the only one, Fred, everyone. He didn't, did not tip his hat. He doffed his cap. Oh, there you go. To doff the cap, if you look at the definition, it's to raise your cap up in the air to honor somebody like the fans. A tippet has a tippet of hat. Right. But anyway, let's not get... And the uh, antonym of, of doff is to don. Like, fa la 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 don, we now are apparel, right? See, okay. Jesse knew that. No, no, no. Je- well, Jesse went to Glen, <laughs> Glen Brook Bard, uh, East, West, North, yeah. And uh, one of those directional schools. Yeah, he was almost a lawyer, then he became an umpire. Was <laughs> Same thing, <laughs> isn't it? All right, so let me ask you guys something. Fred, you can go first. Never sacrifice bunt because the most important thing that you possess are, Fred, your the 27, 27 outs, outs. right? Jesse, do you agree? They say. I mean, do you agree with the, uh, you know, the statement? That's what everyone says. I don't know if I buy into it or not. So, Okay, if the most important thing is your 27 outs, never give one up on a sacrifice bunt, how come there's very little talk about Elmora in the sixth inning picked off first base 4-4 to in the inning? That's an out, and then no one really, you know, bottom of the eighth. Uh, Rizzo, brain cramp. He's on first base, two out. Dunks, Duckstone's going to put first and second. They're trailing by one. He's out by the shortstop position. No man's land. He's out in a brain cramp. Quick little rundown. What about those two outs? Would those be as valuable uh, outs as uh, giving up on a sacrifice bunt? Um, even more valuable because they by giving on. up on yeah, a, sac- a sacrifice bunt is a predetermined play. You've determined it. You want to give up that out to get the runner over. You don't want to give these outs up. When I coached Little League, guys, we're gonna <laughs> there go you go. I used to preach the same thing. Outs on the base pass are, are, are there are two outs that make me, would, would have made me, would make me mad at the time. Mm-hmm. Outs on the base pass and balls that went straight up that weren't caught because that involves not throwing the ball, not fielding the ball. You just got to catch a pop up. If you're not catching a pop up, or and on defense, or you're making outs on the base pass. Those were the two things that would tick me off as a coach. And I know the base pass ones ticks any manager off for sure. That is a that for that you you you. It's hard to get on base. You know, it's hard enough to get on base to give it away. Now, I don't think in either case it's these are not chronic problems for Rizzo or Elmora. I think certainly Elmore was a little fluky. He he slid back into the guy's shoe. Mm-hmm. But the point is this: you have to be really really careful. Um, there was no need for Rizzo to go to third base. It was already two outs. You have to realize those things. You're 99% going to score on a base hit anyway. Rizzo usually does. Now, what? let's step back. Why do those things happen sometimes? Well, it's a long season. Things happen. Or they're pressing a little too much, trying to do too much. I do believe in that concept. I can't get inside their heads. I don't know what they were thinking in those moments. Mm. But it's terrible to give away uh, yeah. outs on the base I, pass. 100%. No manager would disagree with you. I have to plead ignorance. Not that I didn't see the play. I saw the play, but I saw it on. Uh, I saw where the other things were going on. I did not know there were two outs at the time. That makes it, to me, even worse for both, Rizzo. because Both, he sh- and both ended the yeah, inning. What I'm saying yeah. is Rizzo should not have been hesitating. Okay, he hesitated rounding second. There was no reason to hesitate. Well, what I'm saying is, the ball's up in the air. You're in first. You should be going all the way. Well, you're looking at it too. Yeah, it's right there in your line of sight. Exactly. And hesitating. What are you hesitating for? If he catches it, he catches it. But Fred, you're no better. And you're no better on third with two out. Then you are on second. No, no, I understand that. But what I'm saying yeah, is, I know. he has he who hesitates is lost. Yeah. I mean, and that's what happened. You can't hesitate. You've got to make up your mind. And and. We've seen Rizzo run the bases. He 
almost never makes mistakes. No, no, no. Now, Almora does. Almora has yeah. made numerous mistakes on the bases. Uh, Rizzo doesn't. You, you can I would forgive say, Rizzo. I, I agree. I think Rizzo is definitely a better base runner than Almora. I don't think Almora's mm. made a ton. Yeah. Uh, but he's made a few. He's made a few. He's also the guy that tagged up from first in the World Series, all that jazz. Yeah. It's, it, they're both inexcusable. There's just nothing else to say. It's, it can't happen, and it did. All right. Jesse, real quick. We'll spring a Jesse Rogers. Nice enough to pick up the phone. All right. If I hear this one more time, and I know you haven't said it, I hope. Well, that's Darvish now. He's had 10 straight appearances without a decision. All right. Well, no, that's just the facts. All right. Yeah, but it's not important. All right, number one. Well, who cares about the facts? No, no, what, no, here's no the thing. What, every, what's everybody tell us? All the analytics, all the stat heads? Wins and losses don't matter. Exactly. And so more than what's that, the point? All right, let's go back, Jesse, to his last start, which was Saturday. Uh, in, uh, yeah, Darvish, Saturday, yep. seven innings. This was the uh, uh, the Dodgers. The Cubs uh, will lose three to two. No, no, I'm sorry, wrong game. The Cubs will win this game two to two one. To one. Thank, listen yeah. to my guy. How does he? All right off the top. Rizzo, of his Rizzo, ninth inning homer. There you go. So Darvish pitches seven innings, two hits, one earned run, 109 pitches. I uh, struck out. Uh, what do we got here? Ten walked one or whatever. He leaves the game. Kinsler does two thirds of an inning, and then Ryan comes in. He'll get the win. Ryan comes in for one-third of an inning. They're still trailing one to nothing. He gets his out. Strupp comes in after the two-run homer you just mentioned. One inning. He And, and the win goes to Ryan because Ryan was what they call the pitcher of record. He was the last pitcher to have pitched when Rizzo hit the two-run homer. So Divers goes seven innings, almost perfect. Ryan gets the W uh, for one-third of an inning. The wins, I might have been slow to the parade on this, I'll admit it, but the wins and losses have to be changed, Jesse, where the official scorekeeper awards the W to the pitcher who had the best performance, and then to say Darvish is gone, we didn't get a decision. Well, yeah, he should have got the decision. Uh, it's amazing today, Murph, you and I are agreeing way too much, much more than we normally do. Uh-huh. I w- look, if, for people that don't know, if a starter goes four innings, okay, and the team is winning, he can't get the win. Bingo. Then the, the official scorer can make a decision on his own which pitcher on the winning team gets the win. So in the same vein, he, why not do that? If Darvish goes seven, but the guy in the eighth inning gets the win because the offense comes through, which has nothing to do with Darvish, why not go back and give Darvish the win? I think that's a great idea. Thank you, Jesse. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, you know what? You for, for a change, yeah. you've worn me out. Usually yeah. I wear you out. Hey, Jesse, you're the best. And by the way, let the record show. Uh, in, at Northbrook Little League, did you know Jesse was the only one in history there? He not only managed uh, the team, he was also the umpire. He was a player manager <laughs> and the umpire. Yes! Yeah. That's why we kept, we, we were yeah, undefeated. Exactly there you right. Go. Conflict. Schmann flipped of interest. <laughs> Thanks, Jesse. You're the best. All right, boys. Thanks, Have Jess. a great weekend. See you, too. Jesse Rogers. It's funny. Fred. What he just said about being undefeated. My dad coached my brother uh, way back when in Little League, like six, seven, eight, no, no, seven, eight, nine-year-olds. Yeah. Before, there was no such thing as T-ball. It was seven, eight, nine-year-olds. was the youngest you can play. And uh, they had played only 10 games in a season. I grew up in Cicero. There's not too much I believe in unless I see it. And they, they, my dad gave everybody an incentive. Every kid, for every hit, every run, every RBI you got, you got an extra 10-cent ticket. Uh-huh. And some of the parents would say, well, winning's not the most important thing. My dad said, you know what? They seem to be having fun. They went 10-0. and 0. My brother 
drove in 36 runs in 10 games. Huh. He also put on weight because he used those those uh, tickets to go buy food at the stand. I love it. Oh, it's unbelievable. But if you're going to play the game, you play the game to win. Sox fans yeah, vote now. Is it time now to trade a few of the can't-miss minor leaguers? Yes or not yet, Murph. And uh, Cub fans vote now. Who will be released first? Daniel Descalso or Carlos Cargo Oof. Gonzalez. That was tough. That's and, a t- I was going to go 50-50 on that one. And Fred, uh, you were away on a plan to get away, and uh, you missed a, a very interesting Twitter poll. In fact, E11, we, when we come back, you got the sound on that. One of Fred's favorite topics, and the results, well, they're not going to make Fred very happy. <laughs> back in a flash, vote at ESPN 1000. Mike Murphy, Fred Hubner, back together on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Halfway home, glad you're with us. I'm Mike Murphy. He's Fred Hubner. We got the Cubs lineup, too. We get to that in a little bit. Can you do a pet piper? No, never mind. A little bit of a surprise. Six, six of the seven still yeah, six of the seven still possible to start the All-Star game or in the lineup for the Cubs today. All right. Anything different or uh, pretty normal? Well, one's not. One guy's not in the lineup today. So let's just put it this way. Javi Baez is hitting third, so that probably answers all your questions. Huh. They gave Rizzo the day off? It was a, quote, scheduled day off. So I guess he's known about it since last Tuesday. Nothing to do with the uh, base running gaff, as you call it? Nah. Joe wouldn't do that, huh? Victor Caratini at first base. Respect respect 90, but but don't over-respect 180. (laughs) Stay at second. Jeez. Well, yeah, I was not on the air Thursday, and everybody talked and a lot was about the hour loss. Yeah, everybody talked about the Sox and the Cub game. I was never so mad as when the White Sox were trailing six to three, and Tim Anderson doubles, and he's smart enough to not try to go to third because he's leading off the inning. And I go, nice move by him, smart. You don't need to get to third. You're down three runs. Mm-hmm. Now, what's he do? A mm. couple pitches he later, steal. He tries to steal third base. Yeah. The absolute dumbest play it I have was. seen. That was terrible. In all this, this, and you know what? If, in fact, Tim Anderson has the green light, by the way, he's not stolen a base in weeks. He has he sat has at 15, 15 for like a month. Yeah. So, you know what, Timmy? Maybe uh, wait till they tell you to steal. And don't steal when you're down three runs trying to steal third base with your RBI leader at the plate. And he's down to, what, 313, give or take. Oh, and uh, Which doesn't sound bad, but he was hanging there at like 390. So, Sometimes people yeah. are baseball stupid, yeah. and he showed it on that play. Other people that are stupid, you're going to say, Fred, or everyone that voted on this poll last week. Well, I'm sure I, I'm sure I will. All right. Uh, my two, my my week and a half or two weeks away from this yeah, show yeah, showed yeah. me one thing. Mm. I'm just going to let it fly. So whatever, oh, whatever right. it's going to be like, you know, whatever comes to my head mm-hmm. is just coming out. Fly. Yeah. Do we even need to set this up, or is it set up there, EO Eleven? Set it up, or do we just? Can you just uh, roll it? Uh, what do we do here? Um, we need to set up exactly right. what the poll was. All right, and this was uh, what, two weeks ago when Fred uh, was scheduled Correct. off his or? first one, his first week off. All right, go ahead. It was uh, about the White Sox and Fred's uh, plan or idea, right? His marketing idea for Brooks Boyer. Right, basically lo- lower prices, and we asked people if the prices were half the price, correct? I think it was what the question that's, was. That's right, if they would cut yeah. the ticket prices Then would you go to yeah. double the amount of games? Triple the amount of games, double the amount of games, same amount of games, 
or just to throw it in there fewer games, which I don't know why anybody would say, well, they're cheaper, I'm going to fewer. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to less. So uh, yeah. Fred's longstanding uh, idea, which I agree with, cut the prices by 50%. Now, the fans, Sox fans voted, would you go to three times more? I think the logical, you know, two times more, right? Half as much, you got yeah. the same amount of Spend dough. the same amount of money. Uh, okay, roll it there, EO. I mean, before you give us the results... Eric Ostrowski, is it a shocker? Is it close? Is it bunched together? Do we have a outlier, a runaway winner? We have a clear winner, yes. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. There's a clear winner. So we'll start at the bottom with oh. 10%. Okay. Two times as many games. Oh, oh wait a minute. <laughs> I thought that would be the winner. Nope, that's the bottom. If you cut the prices in half, yeah, I'd go two more twice as often. And that came in last. It came in last, correct. Yeah, what do I know? Um, and then only with 1% more, so 11% is they'll go to three times as many games. Uh-huh. Uh, in third, 24% saying they'll go to a few games. And winner showing that Fred not a marketing, marketing <laughs> mogul. 55% of the people saying they'll just go to the same amount of games, regardless. All right, that uh, two weeks ago uh, today. That's amazing. I was shocked. Yeah. But you know what? Those people must have gone to no games. Yeah. So they go to the same amount. <laughs> so I guess if you're going to games, uh-huh. you know, that doesn't make any sense. If you're if you're going to games and you're spending a certain amount of money, you would think you'd go twice as often. And then Brooks Boyer is listening. Is it? Thank goodness. I don't have to hear that anymore. Yeah, well. I, I love the idea. Yeah, well, Brooks, you, now you still got to figure out a way to get more people in the ballpark. And we and it, you kind of found it. Play the Yankees 81 times. <laughs> I mean, you get thirty. What well, you got? Two sellouts yeah. with the Yankees in town. Unfortunately, about a third of the crowd is our Yankee oh, fans. I'm glad you brought this up. So the Eloy, uh, Eloy helps a lot, but you know, a third of it. Plus, they that, did you see they quickly have an Eloy bobblehead uh, of his first home run coming up on the next really? homestand. Yeah, they cranked that out quickly. It's hmm. kind of like tops with the baseball cards the, of the guy's first home run or game-winning home run. The tariffs don't pre- uh, prevent that from uh, being shipped over, huh? I don't think so. Okay. I, need, I need to make them down the street. Same okay, guys right. who ma- same guys <laughs> who make the Oscar trophies. They make bobbleheads. What else are they going to do the rest of the year? Okay, so you tickled me on this one. Socks, and we're not talking socks attendance, don't get me wrong. But here's my uh, confusion. So... This year, the Cubs and Sox play four games. A lot of people, well, they used to play six. Well, now they're back to the normal uh, interleague and all that. And and they're not playing. The Central's not playing the Central. So there would be none. So it's not six. It's four. But whatever. So there were two games, you know, uh, at Wrigley Field. Mm -hmm. Now, and this is what, and we talked about this six weeks ago. We saw, we looked ahead at the schedule. Everyone now is dancing at it. Like, oh, look what we just discovered. Fourth of July this year. EL11, you jump in on this too. Fourth of July is, you happen to know what, the, what day it is? Uh, Fred just stole your I'm sorry. Thunder. That's okay. Sorry. I wouldn't have gotten it, All so right. yep. <laughs> but it's on a Thursday. All right. Now, Fourth uh, of July, okay, Memorial Day is moved to a Monday. Labor Day is moved, you know, to a Monday, three day weekend. It's it, hard to move the Fourth of July, though. Right. Because Unless, it's a day. But you could recall it, it's an original name, Independence Day. Yeah, but nobody does. But then you could move it. But Fourth of July's got to be on the fourth. All right. Right. So, Eric, Fred, when there's a holiday like this, Fourth and falls on a Thursday, what do you think happens pretty much in the business world? I know what's going to happen. I know what's going to happen here on Friday. Eric and I will be working exactly. (laughs) It's an empty place. Everyone, that's their day that they take off. So they'll get the holiday day on. They get it off. 
they'll take an extra vacation day to make that weekend a full long weekend oh, okay. as opposed to not all working, right. working, and then weekend. A four-day weekend. And I'm not talking about here, but in Can't general. that. All right. So, you know, if you get 10 days off a, a year, 15 days, uh, sometimes you get like a bread basket of days, you know, that, that personal day, you know, whatever. Okay, so if you utilize your own day Friday, fine. You know, one off the calendar. You know, I can't take a day off now, but I took this one. Regardless. So the Cubs and Sox played two games at Wrigley Field recently. Yep. They're going to play the reciprocating two games on 35th Street coming up. When do you think those two games are scheduled, uh, Eric, uh, Fred? Now, Fred, I know, you and so. I went over this. Yeah. Eric, were you listening back in uh, April when we talked I about I do this? know when. It's that, that weekend after the 4th of July. So I believe it's the 6th and the 7th of uh, July. Saturday and Sunday. Correct. Both teams. <laughs> you're working with me on this? I'm following. You're pulling up the drive. I'll open up the garage door opener button and you drive right in on this. You're now. pulling muscles from Michelle here on this one? <laughs> hey, hit the dump button if, <laughs> if uh, Benetti says that again. All right, now. So Friday, July 5th, the Sox have a day off and the Cubs have a day off. Genius. Absolute genius. No one's going to work. Right. And they're not playing. (laughs) Number one, I can't remember in the last 30 years when either any team had a Friday off on the Major League schedule. You always play Friday. You have Mondays off, you have Thursdays off, an oddball Tuesday or Wednesday. You don't get Fridays off or Saturdays off. Now, if that's not stupid enough. Friday, the entire city is going to be not working. Except, I'm sorry, you guys. Yeah, yeah we'll be working. Will be up. Yeah, we'll be here. <laughs> but we'll be getting that holiday pay, so it's okay. No, we won't on Friday. Oh, shoot. No, no, no. We won't on Friday. Right. Only if we work on the 4th no, when we get that it. That sounds like Radio WTMI. Remember, that stood for way too much information. Now, here's the next thing. So Friday, they're not playing. Yeah. Here's what they... So stupid. No. Here's what they should have done. They're playing four games this year. We just did, right? Yeah. Two there and two there. Work with me. Friday. They shouldn't have played the two games last week, whatever. They should have played all four. Here's what they do. Friday was going to be, here's, here's the genius. Not that I am, but this idea. Here's the genius. On Friday, off day, right? Fourth, fifth of July. Friday would have been a split doubleheader at each ballpark. Work with me. Noon Friday, early start Wrigley Field. 7 p.m., Sox Park. Saturday, play at Sox Park. Sunday, you play at Cubs Park. You get all four in. It would have been the biggest gala baseball weekend. All four would have been, you know, of course, they're all going to be pretty much sold out. That would have been nuts. Well, and also on that Friday, what you would do is yeah. you you deal with the the CTA and you have special um, Cubs Sox uh, L's yeah. and yeah. all the players after the first game, all the players walk to the L, hop on the L, and go down to the south side in uniform. In uniform. Well, take the spikes well, off. Like but yeah, in they, uniform. Have at the, uh, yeah, the Starbucks, Starbucks yesterday. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah, that would work. That would have been nice. But instead, you can do whatever you like to do on uh, on the 5th of July because there will be no baseball in town. All right, let's say the first game was at uh, Wrigley Field Friday at noon, right? Yeah. And then the 7 o'clock game to yeah. at Sox Park. So there'd be a, a, a team buses. Oh, don't tell anyone. 
There's a secret road we can take. How many times are you hearing this one lately? There's a secret road from downtown to uh, Sox Park. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, Union Street, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, just off. Don't tell anybody. Yeah, like no one. That's been the secret road since like 1970. Don't know what you're talking about. Don't tell anybody. It's a secret road. <laughs> So what do you think? Four games in uh, three days, Fourth of, uh, 5th of July, Friday? Genius. Probably the league didn't think of it. Well, if I was in charge of the league, you would, the Cubs and Sox would play either 19 times a season playing in the same division or would not play at all. <laughs> Make Fred laugh next. Get rid of interleague play completely. We finally found out for sure how to pronounce the name, first name of the White Sox star left fielder, We'll have that when we return. And more ESPN 1000. All right, busy day. Little Cubs uh, breaking news courtesy of who? Adam Sharma has just uh, tweeted from The Athletic. A uh, guy used to be a, a genius here as you produce the uh, talking baseball show here on ESPN uh, 1000. Uh says here that against the Braves coming up next week a four game series at the friendly confines Leicester on Monday Alzale. Hold on, let, hold on, let me get my pencil and scorecard ready. Okay. Leicester on Monday. Okay. Alzale on Tuesday. So he gets a start. Alzale on Tuesday. Darvish on Wednesday likely against uh, Dallas Keuchel, who pitched last night for Atlanta. Wait, Darvish on Wednesday. Wednesday. No start for Chatwood. No, Chatwood starts on Thursday. Interesting. All right, so let's see here. I keep track of all this. So uh, today is Quintana. Tomorrow is Hamels, right? five days rest. Then Hamels back on normal four days rest because of that off day. Lester will be Monday on normal. Alzale will come back on four days rest from his Thursday. Darvish, one, two, three, four, and regular. But then oh, Chet- five, Yeah, four days rest yeah, for regular. Alzale, right. Then Chetwood, here's the wrinkle. Then Chetwood will start on six days. I'd have thought they'd have flip-flopped maybe Alzale and Chetwood. Now, this is a six-man rotation. You lost Hendricks, but then you've had added two new starts Coming up to uh, Elzale and for Elzale and Chatwood. Yeah, you better. And now you're hoping that both of them can go some innings because you're cutting down on your bullpen, like you mentioned earlier to Jesse. Now, the All Star break comes up in about uh, 14 days when they get one, two, three, four days off. They had that stupid off day on the Friday the 5th. So interesting. And uh, throwing that together. Fred, we finally, I finally, have determined that we now know exactly how to pronounce. Good old number uh, 70, 74. 74. Yep. Only now, guy to ever wear it for the White Sox. You've been, you and I have been together a long time. You remember a very old uh, soundbite I had, uh, which uh, was when the Cubs got rid of, uh, didn't want to give any money to uh, Greg Maddox. They signed a guy named Jose Guzman. Right. And all the news people in town where that was the time, you know, they did, uh, six RBI and uh, Guzman. They're all trying to lobby. And I hear the guy himself. You always want to listen to how a guy says his own name, right? And then, so we had a soundbite. He says, I don't know about Greg Maddox, Greg Maddox. I'm Jose Guzman, Jose Guzman. I go, he's saying Jose Guzman. Right. But every... Buddy in town is calling him Jose Guzman. Uh-huh. No, no, no. That's how he says it. Right. Then, for years, you know, I was wondering why do occasionally people call Ryan 
Sandberg Ryan. You know, it's R-Y-N-E. It's Ryan. Yeah. Not Ryan, R-Y-A-N. And then you know what I'm leading up to. I've told you this yeah. one. So it's the uh, Hall of Fame phone call, and they got the camera crew, and Sandberg's at home, and the phone rings, and he picks it up, and you only hear his side. You know, you don't hear the Hall of Fame person, but they kind must like, Kind of like a Bob Newhart skit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they must have said, Google it up. Uh, you. Well, Jesse knows him real <laughs> so, well. He's always in the pre- in the skybox with the, the, the you know, all the stars. <laughs> So he's got the phone up to his ear, and obviously they said, uh, you know, is this uh, Mr. Sandberg? Because now you hear goes, yes, this is Ryan. Ryan Sandberg said, yes, this is me. This is Ryan, R-Y-A-N. Well, maybe he was just nervous. No, he pronounces his own <laughs> name Ryan. So then I said, I give up on this one. But I'm so tired of these Eloys. Is everyone finally, are the people still saying Eloy? Eloy. I'm saying Eloy. All right. It's Eloy or Oloy. Like a soft Eloy or Eloy. Well, now this was a soundbite. Where did we get this from to give credit here? This is actually from when Chuck Garfine did his car ride with Eloy or Oloy to the game on Monday. And uh, I believe uh, Chuck sort of said, uh, paraphrasing, so when did you find out? How did you find out the Cubs had traded you? He was asked what his reaction was when he originally found out about being traded from the Cubs to the White Sox. So he's going to say his name here. He's talking to Chuck in the car, you know, two guys driving, uh, two comedians going for coffee or whatever. This uh, And it's great. I love it. So he's going to sort of recreate like uh, his own name. So turn your uh, device or your radio uh, real loud. It's a little hard to hear. He talks quick. But let's hear what you got there. I was at home. One of the bus and, oh, of the cops, he called me and said, Hey, Eloy, uh, I know it's not going to be fun to hear that, but you got traded to the White Sox. All right. Now, do we ever have to again have a doubt? No. Play, give me just the front end. Just the front end one more time. And re that I was that at team. home. One of the boss of the cops, he called me and said, Hey, Eloy. Hey, Eloy. Uh, All, right. All right. There you go. Ixnay. Eloy. No more. All right. Bye-bye. No more. Aloy. Aloy. Unless the guy that called him on the phone said it wrong. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, that could be. See? How about that? Exactly right. Now I'm really confused. Let's talk a little White Sox and we return. Uh, one of the great White Sox uh, guys out there. He uh, was actually right. Be- he was in the car seat right behind Eloy in that bu- in that uh, ride. Ryan McGuffey. Yes. Over at NBC Sports Chicago, senior producer, Sox Talk. Next, it's ESPN. And vote, vote, vote. We had so many Twitter poll questions. We're going to pay them off in the next hour. Perfect for ESPN 1000. Midwest Bank Studios on State Street. This is ESPN 1000, WMVP Chicago. There it is again. Drag first base side by Sanchez. It gets the run home. And Sanchez with a beauty of a butt. The Sox once again pull muscles from a shell. And it's 5-4 to four here in the 10th. 
Good execution this time by Yomer. The last one was away. He stabbed at it. This one, he took it with him up the right side. And turning Kelly around where the play is behind him, he had no chance to get Aloy at the plate. So great execution. Kelly can't see what's going on behind him, which is Aloy scoring. It's a great bunt. White Sox! White Sox! Go! Go! Fred, we have a special no. guest coming up. You can't be dancing you gotta around. Got to dance around when you hear this song. Table. Usually, usually with a beverage in hand. Highlights there, courtesy of NBC. How embarrassing. He's coming on, and, I, and it's my first gaff today. No, Murph, you had about 10 in the first hour. <laughs> Highlights, courtesy NBC Sports Chicago. Let's go now to senior producer and White Sox talk uh, podcast host, uh, you name it, Ryan McGuffey, now on with Murph and Fred, ESPN 1000. Hey, Ryan. Hey, Murph, you're just excited. You're just overexcited about what's been going on. I am. Going on. I want to go for riding Chuck's car. But, 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 <laughs> everybody, everybody does. No, no, no. But no, no cameras. No, no, no cameras. In, in fact, while we're on it, talking about, and that was just a terrific uh, uh, with the Eloy, as we heard him say his own name, when Chuck said, when would you get the news? He goes, well, you know, from the Chicago Cubs called me, and they said, Eloy? So now we finally know, thanks to you guys, among other things, you know, how to pronounce his name. What was the genesis of, uh, uh, of that? And uh, I know Seinfeld does the writing in cars with comedians drinking, spilling coffee, but nevertheless, someone had to say, let's do it. I, I think it's terrific. Yeah, I went to Chuck last week. I told him I had this idea, and, you know, I, I, I mean, I knew that it was a good idea. I just didn't know if I'd be able to pull it off. Um, I said, hey, look, you know, Eloy always envisioned his first game being at Wrigley Field as a member of the Cubs. We have an opportunity now to maybe go with him as a member of the White Sox, still as his first game of the Cubs, and Chuck's like, wow, that's a great idea. So uh, Eloy wanted to think about it, and then he, I think last Friday, after his two-homer game against the Yankees, said, yeah, I'm in. And um, it was awesome. I mean, we met him at the ballpark. Uh, him and Billy Russo were a part of it. And uh, I was there. Our camera Mac, our camera producer, Mac Buckman, was the guy who filmed. And um, and I thought he was really good. I thought as we went along and got closer to Wrigley, I thought he opened up. I thought the stuff about the trade was really good. Probably like the first time we've actually really heard the true raw emotion that he felt when he got that phone call and how long it took for him to kind of process it and then feel like he's at home now with the White Sox. So uh, you couldn't have scripted the uh, game-winning home run part of it. I mean, our goal was to have it out by first pitch that day, and that happened. And then when he hit the, uh, the game-winning homer in the ninth, it kind of put a perfect ribbon on the, uh, on the day. You know, Ryan, you, you've been around the last couple of years uh, going down onto the farm and seeing all these guys. I still remember you sitting down and having pizza with uh, Zach Collins, and Collins was excited because he said, we don't get to eat yep. pizza on the road because we don't have enough money. Right. He was happy you guys were able to buy him a pizza. Uh, but that was cool. But have you met anybody that, you know, like Eloy, a guy who, that you know, that smile is contagious, and he seems to always have it, not only when he's, you know, on the field playing or when he hits the ball or when he, you know, is waving to the camera and saying hi mom he he just always seems to have a smile how much of that is just him or how much of that is you know how much fun these guys are having coming up through the system and and actually looking ahead at what's what's building for this white Sox team yeah that's a great point but i do think most of that is him i just think that's his personality and his persona is that he wants to have fun and he's going to have fun and then what he allows other guys to have their comfort and how they rub off on him 
uh, how they and, and how they're allowed to open up because of the way he's having fun. I think almost keeps everybody else in line and, and, and able to kind of not get too ahead too far ahead of themselves. I mean, they look at Eloy. Everybody talks so much about the projections, and he knows that he has the contract now, and what people know that they want him to be. That he's almost taking pressure off of everybody else by saying, "Hey, let me not only be the guy talent-wise in the spotlight." I'll grab the spotlight too. You guys be you, and let's have fun. And to add on to that, you know, I don't know if there's a closer minor league system. Obviously, I'm a little biased because I've been covering these guys the last three years in the farm. The Whites actually do a really good job, and even some of the guys that we don't talk about and the guys we don't pay attention to, how close these guys are. I mean, they do trips together. You know, they did the Dominican thing in January. These guys are super close. They're looking, you know, Zach Collins. I guarantee you, some point last night was looking at high A box scores. He was looking down at Dylan Cease last night. He was looking at double A because these guys have friends throughout the system. And they're all rooting for them to all get to the big leagues, whether it's with the White Sox or somebody else. It's a pretty unique thing. You know, you look at it, too, and Zach Collins last night, I mean, he makes his debut and he walks in the first game uh, that he plays in. And then he, he's he's DHing, and I'm listening to the game on the radio, and DJ's talking. DJ stepped out and said it'd be, you know, talked about the three-run homer. He, he, and, you know, DJ actually backed off a little bit. He goes, I'd even take a single to get his first RBI. And as soon as he said it, boom, three-run homer. But, I mean, this you've seen Zach Collins. This is the kind of stuff this guy can do. Earlier today, Murph and I were talking about what his future is going to be because we always hear that, you know, he's still got to work on his defensive catching abilities and all of a sudden, you know, James McCann came out of nowhere. I mean, when the White Sox signed him, I said, okay, cool, James McCann. And now he's turned into a possible all-star. But what do you think the future is going to be for Zach Collins? I think Zach Collins is going to still catch. Um, I think having James McCann, I agree with you about the McCann signing back in in free agency. Um, But what he's provided, I mean, we all know what he's done on the field, but all these guys to a man talk about what he means in the clubhouse and off the field. And all you, I mean, Lucas Giolito, he talks about James McCann like he's, you know, that he's as responsible as anybody else for the turnaround. So does Zach Collins. Zach Collins has been talking about James McCann since spring training. Cool. And when they, run, when they go on road trips, McCann is on the iPad studying the next pitcher's progress report and scouting report and said that he was going to take Zach Collins under his wing and do the same thing. So. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Zach Collins starting tonight. Uh, Despagne, he caught Despagne down in Charlotte for a few games. I know Despagne doesn't make anyone excited, including me. <laughs> but I, I would not be surprised because of that Texas heat. If you see McCann back in the DH role tonight, Collins, because of what he's done at the plate thus far and his comfort, seeing him getting a starting catcher, I think they're going to give every chance for Zach Collins to succeed as a catcher, but also know that his bat is too valuable to keep out of the lineup, and he will take some, uh, you know, he'll take some positions at first base. He'll take some DH spots occasionally. I think what you're going to see with Zach Collins the rest of the way, assuming that this is successful and he sticks, is that he's going to be the guy that Yonder Alonso was supposed to be, but also with the ability to catch. They're going to have a decision to make when Wellington Castillo comes off the DL about if Castillo's going to be here or if Alonso's going to be here, because I just don't think you're going to send Zach Collins back down to Charlotte. No. This is what he's doing. Visiting for a few minutes, appreciates personal time. Ryan McGuffey over at NBC Sports Chicago. Uh, just my thoughts uh, Yonder Alonso, he's had you know three months, and uh, you got to keep mm-hmm. Wellington Castillo. The 
pitchers love him, the teammates love him, and uh, now as Fred and you guys, Zach Collins, think about the luxury. If indeed, you know, and that's why I have the what-if bell, because everybody's a rookie until they're a veteran, but what if a guy like Zach Collins does become, you know, a power-hitting left-handed hitter in a league with the DH and a catcher, you can put, because no one wants to catch her more than, you don't want to catch a guy 120 games a year, even though that happened right. last year on, on the north side, and he got tired, he admitted at the end. Point is, the magic you could do with your line of batting order every day, if a Zach Collins is a 25-homer guy, he can catch two out of three days, he can DH the other day, play some first base against tough righties, and give Abreu a blow. I mean, that, that's a magical thing you could possibly end up doing. Absolutely. I mean, versatility is so valuable now in baseball in 2019. And to be able to be versatile and be a catcher like you were just saying, Murph, I mean, there are very few guys in the big leagues that will have that on the back of their baseball card. It's like catcher, first base, DH, 20-plus homer power. And the funny thing about Zach Collins is, I don't know if it was people wrote him off, but there's been so many other guys that have been talked about over the last 12 months, guys that have made their debuts, guys that have been shining in the minor leagues, that he's almost kind of one of those forgotten guys. First-round pick a few years ago. He just was kind of doing his thing, working his way up the system, having an on-base of 380. By the way, that, that's another thing that Zach Collins can do is get on base via the walk, which there's not a lot in the White Sox lineup that can do that. And here he comes. This is when you know the rebuild's clicking. I mean, there's still a long way to go. Don't get me wrong. But when guys like Zach Collins come up and it's kind of like, oh, my God, I forgot about this guy or I forgot what, why they drafted him 10th overall, it's been a good week plus in the rebuild this week. I mean, what Eloy did against the Cubs and what he's been doing the last month, but you're starting to see some things click together. I know a lot of people have made references to 2014 and the Cubs and how they kind of saw some things at the end of the year, but to me this one's a little bit different. You're kind of seeing guys getting their little time slots, and you know Dylan Seats at some point will be up too. I think it's good to kind of be the forgotten guy because there's been so many other stars that have come up, and Zach Collins, you know, you could steal the spotlight here and force the issue, and that's what you want when you have young guys and good talent. You want guys to force the issue like Zach Collins is thus far. You know, you know Ryan, uh, this comes up a lot, and I know that you as a, a guy that's all over the White Sox, and uh, you've probably had this question posed to you, and you've got an opinion. That's why I'm going to ask you. Um, but you look at the standings, and um, I don't even know if White Sox fans should look at the standings, but, of course, that's what we do. <laughs> And he, there's always that possibility of the wild card. I asked Rick Hahn before the season at Soxfest. I said, you know, Cleveland's not, it doesn't look like they're going to be as dominant this year. And as it turns out, they haven't been. Um, but I, does, I asked him if he has to watch himself if their Sox are close to a wild card position uh, to not trade some of these young guys. Because the whole thing was, let's keep the young guys, let's build from within and all this kind of stuff. What's your thought about making a move or two to try and get that wild card spot? Or are you not worried about that and you're just looking forward to the following year? I would not sacrifice any part of what you believe is part of your future for the chance for a one-game plan. I mean, the team has been exciting. And I think people should look at the standings because it's been a long time since you have. And sure. you should care that they're... 500 or you should care that they can get over 500 and I know that there are Sox fans out there our Twitter timelines are full of them who believe that the White Sox are, are not doing their best to go after a wild card but I mean look look at their starting rotation the fact that they're 36 and 37 right now and have basically like a starter and a half and a lot of fill-ins from there tells you how success I think it doesn't maybe they should get more credit I don't know 
I mean, there's a lot of guys in that lineup that have been fun to watch. They can score runs. But that, and the, and the back end of the bullpen, what Aaron Bummer and Evan Marshall, I mean, forget Colome. Colome has been fantastic. But they actually have a legit bridge now with what they've done with Aaron Bummer and Evan Marshall, who has an ERA of zero still, and we're at the end of June. And there are bright spots, but I just can't. I mean, Despagne is starting today, for God's sakes. Yeah, like, I know. That's really, that's all you kind of, if Despagne was like the fifth guy, you know, in a, in, in a four-member rotation that was really strong, then you might make an argument. But who's starting that wild-card game? It's going to be Lucas Giolito. And then what happens? Right. You go into the DS, and you've sacrificed two potential prospects of your future just to get another, you know, veteran arm that can soak up innings down the stretch. I, I just don't see it. I, I just don't see a reason or a need. You've, you've committed three-plus years to this rebuild. You're, you're starting to see some fruits of the labor. And while, while that low-hanging fruit of a second wild card can be there, I think you're just going to have to play this one out and, you know, be excited when Dylan Cease comes up and, and if they could figure out how to steal the wild card and not have to sacrifice any members of the rotation, I mean, then, you know, they should be organization of the year. But I just, I don't think that that's going to happen. I think what you're going to see is a lot of things to be excited about in 2020. And then next year, I mean, they're going to know going into the offseason exactly what they think of most of the guys in their system. And I think you might see, I still wouldn't be surprised. I, I said this in the podcast at the beginning of the year. We had one bold prediction. And my bold prediction was that they would make a major acquisition at the deadline, but it would be for, 2020 and beyond. So I would not be surprised if they made an acquisition and people got excited thinking it was a wild card acquisition. But if you look at it, there's three years of control of said player, sure. whether it's a pitcher. Or, or, they're going to have to add a starting pitcher at some point, whether it's trade or in the offseason via free agency. So I still am holding that little back card in my hand to hopefully uh, to play a July 31st. Okay, and would, just... would you like Quintana back from my Cubs? <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, what what Just am kidding. I giving you? What am I giving you? Well, yeah. cease and Eloy, of course. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's not, that's not right. No, I'm uh... No, I'm going to hang up on that. No, no, I'm just, <laughs> just oh, yeah, I would too. You know, and, and by, by the way, despite the fact that Despania is going today, the game is an 805 start, just to make sure everybody knows, wow. on NBC Sports Chicago. Okay. Mm-hmm. 805, that's oh, yeah, 705. Okay. And at 7 o'clock, a new, uh, a new, a new uh, episode of All Access right into uh, oh, pregame show. Nice. So you'll get to see the full Eloy ride along once again. There's uh, 25 minutes of fun on the All Access show, and then we got a pregame oh. show. With Chuck and Bill Melton. I thought it was going to be uh, a one hour of who is Chuck sitting with now? Does he have mustard on his face? <laughs> Which, by the I'll way, be with you. that thing kind of took off. No, I, mean, I love I, it. I no, think other guys on the team should line up. I say that with all respect. I love this segment. Now I know I have the name wrong, but who, what did Chuck find now? What what is it? I love it. What did Chuck Gar find? What did Chuck find? So, it's, yeah, it's to play off his name. And, I got uh, he's it. done a great job with nice. it all year. Nice. Yes, it, yes, just, yes. it just seems like every time he gets somebody on, the inning ends really quickly. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I know. It's happened like every time. Frank Kaminsky. He, he, then he asks Frank, he says, he says Frank, are you gonna be, can I come with you in the next half inning? He goes, well, I'm not going anywhere. I'll be right here. Hey, well, we're complimenting <laughs> Ryan McGuffey, NBC Sports Chicago senior producer. The post game last night was electric. The uh, mm-hmm. uh, camaraderie uh, between Boy, if we mention Chuck's name once more, he's going to have to buy me lunch. But the camaraderie between Chuck and Ozzie Gann and Ozzie last night, talking about starting 
Richard Lopez. He said, hey, I wish he were more of a thrower, not a pitcher. Now, a lot of hosts would just let that go, but Chuck was listening. See, there is a, a mm-hmm. thing called listening, and he followed up. He go, wait a minute, Ozzy. Lopez, you know, or Ronaldo Lopez. Normally, it would be, I like the pitcher to progress from the thrower uh, to become a pitcher, a pitcher right? but Ozzy says, uh, "What do you?" Mean? And so Ozzy explained. Says, "I want him to be less of a pitcher and throw, throw the ball. Don't think so much." And he says, "You know, I hope I apologize to Don Cooper, you know, but I don't want to be the pitching coach or whoever's." It. But those two guys, that is can't miss TV after after the game, uh, uh, Ryan. Yeah, I, what Ozzy and Frank have provided for us this year, yes. being a member of the post, Green Post Game Show. I mean, I think. I, like you said, it's, I've laughed more than I've ever laughed. I've, I've been dialed in more than I've been ever dialed in. Mm-hmm. And you know, the ratings are the ratings are showing it too. People want to hear what Ozzy has to say what, after a great win, after a bad loss, after a tough managerial decision. Ozzy, like you just mentioned, he's not going to sit there and sugarcoat it. He never has. He never will. And it's half the reason he's on the show. So I agree with you. The camaraderie, the fun, and maybe part of it is the fun and the, the likability of what's going on right now. It's all kind of progressed really well, and and, and hopefully. Um, Hopefully, going forward, Ozzy and Frank are a big part of it too. And then speaking of the uh, White Sox Talk podcast, you guys do that. You don't necessarily have a set schedule, right? When you when you come up with something, when you have a good guest, when you have some ideas, you just throw one up, right? That's correct. We we used to do like every Tuesday and then like Friday. Yeah, that's kind of more probably an off season thing, and then we do like a, an emergency podcast on a trade or something. But in okay. the season, you guys know you you, you go in planning the show last night. You're thinking, and then Zach Collins homers. And you're like, okay, I got to work that in. <laughs> And uh, some things just kind of fall in your lap sometimes. So, yeah, sometimes we go in with a plan like, hey, let's try to drop one on Tuesday. And then, you know, three things happen and, and you're doing stuff as you go. And I think people, that's kind of how people have reacted to is that if there's something that's pressing that Eloy hits a walk-off, you need to have an Eloy podcast. So when they go to work in the morning, they, they're ready to go. So that's how we've done it. Hey, Ryan, thanks a million for some personal time. Before we spring you, let's bring in our, our executive producer, uh, EO11, Eric Ostrowski. Eric, uh, we have Twitter polls uh, going left and right here today. We had a couple White Sox polls. Uh, we don't know the answer here. Uh, the results, I should say. Well, Eric does, but Fred and I don't. Uh, stay on the line here, Ryan. Now let's hear okay. what the fans uh, number one, uh, we posed Sox fans, Eloy, uh, in his best year of his career, years from now when we look back, will he have hit blank home, blank amount number of home runs? Will he, in his best year, looking down the line, 10 years, whatever, 15, a 30-homer year, a 40-homer year, a 50-homer year, and then me, I put D, 60. I believe this is the oh, type boy. of... Well, now, hold on now. <laughs> I love it when you laugh uh, with me or at me. I don't care which way it is. But I look at Aaron Judge. He had 52 one year. He, uh, This guy, by the way, he likes 22. Uh, and then I look mm-hmm. at uh, Stanton. He had a 59. And I'm not saying this as a radio bit. I look at this guy, and as uh, Harry Carey used to say, too big to be a man, too small to be a horse. When he was talking about Frank Howard. Uh, Mark Potash reminded me of that the other day. But, uh, well, let's hear what the fans said. Uh, EO11, how many home runs did Sox fans say in the best year for Eloy? 
So the majority, with 52% of the people that voted, said that his best career year, he'll hit 40-plus home runs. But not 50. Not 50. 50 was only 11%, and only 5% of the people agree with you, Murph, with your 60. Well, I wouldn't want more than 5% agreeing with me. (laughs) Now, how about our other poll? Now, Ryan, this was, and you and Fred just covered this. This was back at 8 a.m. We posted it. Is it, yes or no, is it time now for the White Sox to trade a few of the quote, can't miss minor leaguers, which would play into, you know, what we're saying doesn't mean necessarily just for a wild card, but a three-year guy like you were saying. What the fans, Sox fans say? Eric? Sox fans are showing patience. They 82 percent. Hold it, hold it, hold it. You got to repeat. You got to repeat. You got to repeat that because patience is a tough thing, especially on the South side. How many percent? They at least are voting patiently. Okay. They may not be practicing. Okay. They have voted 82 percent saying not yet. Yeah, these are all wow. the ones. These are all the ones that have already uh, tweeted me and Ryan and Chuck yeah. wanting yeah. To, wanting yeah, to make no a doubt. deal. Yeah, wanting to make a deal. Wait a minute. Here comes the NBC Sports Chicago video crew watching Murph and Fred compose their Twitter poll questions. <laughs> Why would that be bad for ratings? It, it would be very bad. Oh, you, yeah, that you would last want, one time. Yeah, you don't want to put that on. Hey, thanks for jumping in, Ryan, and uh, uh, a longtime fan of yours. I'm glad you had time for Murph and Fred. Anytime, guys. Anytime. Uh, it, was a, it was fun. Thanks. Nice little laughter on my Saturday morning. <laughs> Thanks, Thank Ryan. You. We appreciate it. All right. Appreciate your time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he, it's tough for Ryan. He's got he's to he's tell Chuck what to say all the time. <laughs> and, and Chuck, it's amazing because if, if you're a Sox fan, you know, anytime you want to hear or talk about White Sox, the, the podcast is is perfect. And they've got a Cubs talk podcast, too. Luke Stuckmeyer doesn't. But the, the White Sox talk podcast with Ryan and Chuck Garfine, they break things down. They get all the guests. Some of their Giolito stuff is great. Whenever they get Rick Hahn on, it's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a great way to, you know, supplement your uh, Sox-Cubs talk. Uh, you know, podcasts are awesome when you're, when you're not listening to me and Murph. I was on Mark Gonzalez's podcast the other day. There you go. Over the Tribune. Great, oh, great speaking of, speaking of Mark Gonzalez, we do have the Cubs lineup if you'd like to get to it. Should I get my pencil and scorecard ready? You could do that. I, I did say, it was, I always love when they show people in the stands who are not on their phone and they're actually keeping score. Uh, there were there were many people during the Sox-Cubs series. If that you're scoring the stands. at home, why are you listening to us? Yeah, I was actually, I actually have it here, the the uh, Wednesday game I have uh, that mm. I kept score of. Oh. Uh, but here's the the lineup for your Cubs. All right. Um, Kyle Schwarber in left. Chris Bryant at third. What do you know? He's at third base. Uh, Javi Baez at short, hitting third. No, no, Rizzo bats third. Not today, he doesn't. Uh, Rizzo's watching the game. It was a, quote, scheduled day off. I wish you'd have watched the ball in left field. So Javi Baez at short, hitting third. Wilson Contreras is catching. Jason Hayward in right field. Albert Almora in center field. Victor Caratini is playing first base. It is Jose Quintana pitching. Mm. Addison Russell is playing second base. Zach Wheeler going for the Mets. Uh, against Quintana today. So six of the seven still possible uh, to go to the All-Star game in the uh, Cubs starting lineup. I still don't like Schwarber leading off. I know why he's doing it, but he's not walking as much anymore. No, but you know what? His on-base, from what I understand, his on-base is the best of any National League uh, leadoff. But not the last, okay, but I don't think that's been true the last two-week sample. Yeah. Well, yeah, you hate to move. I know. Who are you going to put there instead? Uh, DJ LeMayo. 
<laughs> yeah, well, that would have been nice years ago. Can I ago. say something? That would have been nice years ago. No, you no. and I were at oh, this no, before no, no, the no, no. trade. He was a free agent. No, no. I'm not even talking about oh, okay. Theo's first brain cramp. Yeah. What I'm talking about is last winter. Uh-huh. Murph, are you talking about this guy again? Okay, new. He was a free agent. Yes, he was. He is leading the American League, second or third in the American <laughs> League in batting. Who cares about batting? And he's got on base about 360. He's a gold glove, perennial gold glove guy at second. He's leading off for the blanket New York Yankees. Yes, he is. Who are doing nothing but winning, winning, winning. Now, it was 12, it was a two-year deal for the Yanks. Yeah. 12 million this year, 12 million next year. Ah. Uh, I got, they got no money because Ricketts got tired of the bottomless Coca-Cola empty checkbook that never was. In. Okay, he said, no more checkbook. Could you imagine if, they'd have, if he'd have finally said, to you, you know what, it was my biggest mistakes ever. I'm going to rectify it. He could have signed this guy. All the money he spent that went down the tubes in the last uh, eight years. D.J. LeMayo leading off. He's a gold glove second baseman. He gets on base. He does everything. Then, see, Schwarber, all the times he hits these homers with no one on base because who's in front of him? Eight and nine. Right. And that's the domino reason that Madden, that's the pitcher eight, because he knows, I got to get some people on base. If I'm going to bat this horse leadoff, he's got these solo homers because they're never going to be anybody on base. That's why then, by default, he has to bat someone ninth, a position player. Well, the Yankees also got another guy, the Cubs and or White Sox should have been interested in, that's Adam Adovino. And neither one of them, yeah. I don't know if they showed interest and mm-hmm. he decided to go to New York. He is actually from New York. But he was, he is, it, we also have forgot to mention, we mentioned Darvish's pitching. Darvish had two of the Cubs' six hits. We have so that when we come back. Okay, you're not going to win many games that way. Are you looking at my yellow pad? Not going to win many games when your pitcher gets more hits than anybody else in your team. Maybe I was looking at your yellow pad. Yeah. When we returned, something very interesting happened okay. when Darvish got those hits. And I'm going to talk to everyone about something that everyone's going to say, oh, no, 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 no. I'll give you a hint. One aw blank offsets 10 attaboys. All right? Okay. That's when I was in sales. Back in a flash. This regarding Darvish yesterday. It's ESPN 1000. Aw blank. It's a man. Murph and Fred. Saturday morning. Glad you're with us. All right, we're done. Oh, let's, you know what? Trucker Dave's been patient. Uh, down uh, Central Illinois, it's Trucker Dave. Hey, Dave, Murph and Fred. Hey, he's pounding down. There you go. What's up, Dave? We've got tickets for Saturday's game. They're all Friday. If bad weather comes, maybe they can move the game to Friday. Hey, I have a question for you guys. My Cubs, Cubs Sox game Cubs after the 4th of July. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, she keeps looking at the Brewers' score this early, and I'm telling you, she better watch out for the rest more so than the Brewers. What do you guys think? I'll hang up and listen. Yeah, you bring up a great point. The Reds have won six yeah. in a row. The Brewers have lost five straight. And if you look right now at the standings, which I actually have a tendency to do, uh, the Brewers, I mean, the Reds right now are only four and a half games back of the Cubs. The Brewers are a game and a half back. Like I said, uh, even though the Cubs have been, you know, win a game, lose a game, win a game, lose a game, it's actually been, they haven't lost much ground. They still have a game and a half lead over Milwaukee, but the Reds are flying, like, and their pitching's amazing. Um, 
I thought when the season started, you know, the Kemp and Puig and stuff would really help him. But you would make the comment upstairs. There's one guy that if he was with them, the Cubs would be really in, you know. Scooter. Yeah, Scooter Jeanette has been out all year. They got the, uh, what, second best pitching in the National League based yeah. on ERA, I believe. Yeah, yeah they're really good. And uh, there's no doubt I, that you got to be concerned about them. Fred, the Brewers have lost eight out of ten. Yeah. The Cubs uh, are four and seven in their last 11. So it's wide open. The St. Louis is now... Closed within two games of uh, the first place. They're a, they're a hard team to figure. They their pitching is just not good, and they've got guys. Goldschmidt, who started off so hot this mm. year, has really struggled. And Carpenter, uh, second year in a row, Carpenter's had a you know a month or two long slump. St. Louis is only half game behind the Brewers yeah. uh, for second place. The Cardinals pinch ran that same guy twice a pitcher, oh, and he got uh, picked off twice. That's or, one of your problems yeah. with pinch running pitchers. Oh yeah, you know unless yeah. unless this guy was. A, a, a top-level college position player, pinch-running pitcher sometimes is not the best idea. Plus, he's one of your best pitchers, and they, they're short on the pitching staff, and they have him run out there twice. That's tough. Uh, hang on. That's uh, a jigget finger. Hey, I, I saw Dan Jiggett look terrific. A Father's Day, yep. he was on with his daughter on, uh, I want to say, Fox in the Morning or whatever, and... Uh, uh, E11, invite Dan on uh, one of the next few series, talk to little bears, and he looked terrific. Hope he's doing well. Let's go next to uh, Henry in uh, Daytona Beach. Uh, Henry? Hey, guys. I'm waiting for the Freddie Hubner hockey half-hour post-draft analysis. What's that coming up? Uh, Kirby, Kirby Doc, that's all we can tell you. Too big to be yeah. a man, too small to be a horse. Yeah, he's a big man. <laughs> but, see, a lot of people didn't want the Blackhawks taking a center. They wanted defense because they don't have much. Ever since Bufflin, they needed the big horse. <laughs> yeah, I thought they were going to take the hometown kid, Turkoy, or Turcot, rather. Uh-huh. But, you know, it's... Uh, I don't feel like that kid, the kid we took is going to be ready for next year, but I, I see like he has got a lot of talent. I just hope he doesn't turn into another Kyle Beach. But oh, anyway, my that's God. That's not why I called. Uh, you know, this week's been hard to listen to ESPN Radio. It's been all Chris Black. It's the Chris Black marathon this whole week. We so just, do, we just do our show the best we can here. So what do you have for us, Henry? That's why it's the best show. Anyway, I just want to see, do you guys think they should start playing Contreras out in the outfield? a little more and have Caratini behind the plate because Caratini's been hitting pretty good this season. What do you guys think? Uh... Thanks for Henry. Uh, well, and, appreciate it. You know, the you. one thing the one thing I like about that is having his bat in the lineup. I mean, if you if you don't want to you know put him out uh, as a, you know catching all the time because we talked and you talked earlier, Murph, about catching and him maybe getting a little tired. I kind of when I look at the Cubs lineup and see Caratini's in and Contreras is not, uh, I always question sometimes where they're going to get some of the runs from. Well, you only want to play a catcher four out of every five days. That's standard around behind baseball. the plate. Of course, thank you, right. thank you. Yes, yes. I don't like him in left. I want him to have a real day off. Okay, catch four, have a day off. Catch four, have a day off. Whether you're a personal caddy of someone or not, uh, you know, manipulated, you got days off. Work Sound that like out. the Stooges. I don't want to uh, take two and skip a day. Google. <laughs> I don't want him in left field. Uh, he doesn't look right out there. It's not, you know, he was a third baseman in the minors. When was the last left fielder the Cubs had that did look right uh, in left field? Well, it was not Dave Kingman. Or or Chris Bryant or <laughs> Kyle Schwarber. Nor was it Sarge Matthews. So, well, Matthews, at least that no, was his position. No. That's because he could hit and there was no DH. Yeah. 
I mean, every, you know. No, I don't like him in the left. Well, here's the, here's the thing, too. When he gets a day off, give him a day off. We talk about it all the time, too, is, you know, years ago, there used to, if you were a great position player, you could play the de- play defense, you know, you were going to come up to the big leagues. It didn't matter if you could hit or not. Now, it, it doesn't matter. If you can't hit, you're not getting above double A. I heard an expert somewhere, national guy, talking about just that, second base. He said, now that, it might have been Jim Deshays. Okay. Anyway, now that the slide rule where you can't, you know, snap a guy's leg with a leg whip when right. you're breaking up two. Yeah. And you're watching, the showstop's got it made now. They're just stand there and you can't hit them. Okay, I think that's correct. Anyway, that's not the point. The point is, he says, now second base is no longer a defensive position. No. Because you don't need to be fast man on the pivot. On a double play. They ain't going to hit you. They ain't going to take you out. It's so much easier now to play second base without the, with the no slide takeout rule. So now it's totally, not that it hasn't been evolving for the last 5, 10, 20 years. But now, Ryan Sandberg, but Sandberg was a gold lover. But it's totally offense. Yeah, nobody went to his left at second base better than Sandberg did. Oh, I used to have people. He never dives for the ball. I no, go, he didn't. That's because he's already there. Right. I I agree. Again, growing up a White Sox fan, um, I never in my life ever said I wanted a player from the Cubs on the White Sox until Ryan Sandberg. <laughs> and then I saw him. I said, I'd love to have him on my team. I thought Rudy Mioli you wanted. No. Uh-uh. No. Yeah, what a No, no, didn't want him. I met a jerk. All right. Real quick now. So, and you brought it up, Fred Darvish, at the plate. Two hits yesterday. Let me just say this. Two of the Cubs, six. He's now about, he was one for 26. Now he's three for 29. I think he up his average to 170, right? Right, because if he makes it out the next time, it'll be three for 30. He'll be back at 100. Point is, point is, by the way, you ever want to know how a pitcher is really hitting? You add 100 points. An old timer told me this. Look at a pitcher's batting average and add 100. That tells you what type of hitter for a pitcher. Right. So, like, if a pitcher's hitting uh, 105, well, you wouldn't want a guy hitting 205, would you? No. But if a pitcher's hitting, like... 170. Or like even, Darvish. Oh, or, or 205. Now he's a 305 hitter. Sure. Anyway, so Darvish is now 3 for 29. But I was for many, many years before the radio life in sales. And we used to get mechanical sales. We used to get a weekly sales report. And I think doesn't matter what uh, line of sales you're in. Could right. be at a radio station or whatever. You're selling steel, whatever. You usually get a report. I don't know if they still write them in hand, but we used to get them every week. We'd have the report Monday morning on our desk from uh, the great Tom Reedy. Our boss. And so, like, your numbers from last week. Yeah. So, like, if you reached your you know goal or whatever, sure. you, you go, you know, uh, a nice week. Yeah. Or a good job. You know, and if you had a uh, above average week, it'd be attaboy okay. in a red, written in red pen. Attaboy with exclamation. Sure. Or if you really had a good week, it could be, uh, you know, you knocked the cover off the ball. Okay. Hey, great, great. You know, I'll get back to work. It's Monday. Yeah. Or if you really had a, you know, a rarefied air. You know, like Michael Jordan. Up sure. in a rare air. Sure. But if you had like the collar. Yeah. A zero. Be aw a w and then uh, Shinola, you know, okay. aw blank. Uh huh. So we used to say to ourselves, you know what? One aw blank offsets ten attaboys. Sure, right? You had ten weeks of attaboy, but you didn't want to have the aw Shinola. Yeah. Now, what does this lead us to? 
people that hate the, a pitcher hitting. Don't work with me. This is new. Okay. Pit, I hate watching a pitcher hit. Yeah, I All did. Right. I did on Wednesday All when right. Lucas, or, or Thursday when Lucas Giolito had to come up twice with a man on All third right. base. So. And he doesn't take BP because he only bats six times a year. Okay. So Darvish, the last 10 at bats is uh, 0 for 10, let's yeah. say. And those are 10 aw shinolas, right? Now, he steps up. Man on third, two out yesterday. The crowd's thinking for sure, oh, man, a pitcher. What's what's going to possibly happen? Here's what happened. Darvish a base hit. The Cubs the lead. It's 2-1. to one. Good bit of clutchiness. Yeah, make sure you go hard down the line as a pitcher. They're going to be short for you in right field. And Darvish wise to it. That's the first Cub hit of the ball game. What? First Cub hit of the ball game. He will later also get the second hit of the ball game. Highlights. Who are those highlights? Courtesy, please. Eo. NBC Sports Chicago. All right, cool. So here's what I'm saying. For all the ah blank the picture, those fans I watched on TV. I wasn't there. The fans were so excited, so jacked up when Darvish got that hit. They went bananas. The ballpark went crazy. Darvish with the two out. RBI single, uh, which then uh, put the Cubs ahead a two to one. I'm saying this: Could it be that the one attaboy or rarefied air offsets those ten times and ah, the pitchers hitting the pitchers? It was so jacked up in that ballpark when he got the hit. People go, wow! They you were know, so excited. It's almost doesn't make up for the ten times that that's ah, the pitcher. Yeah, you know how jacked up they were. They were so jacked up they were able to put their phones down and clap with both hands. Fred, that's not the point of this quick. quick I know it's thing. not. Uh, that's that's <laughs> my rant. I know it's okay. Uh, Eric, I'll bring you in. I just think so. He got the one hit out of the ten. Say it's a novelty. I don't think it's worth it. To me, it's like all right, Sox Park. It's fun when they have Dog Day, but it's a novelty. It's unnecessary. Pitchers hitting to me, getting a hit is exciting. It's cool because we don't see it. But I don't like because it's rare. Doesn't mean it, it means it's special. See, I, people, the people that listen to the show enough think I'm against the D, uh, that I'm for the DH. They, listen for the last time or until tomorrow when I'm on. Um, I don't care if you have the DH or if you don't have the DH. Commissioner Rob Manfred, you've got to have the same thing in both leagues because you cannot have Lucas Giolito, who bats six times, take BP all year because there's no reason for him to. That's stupid. And then when he comes to the plate with a man on third base, the chances of him getting hit are remote. And it's stupid and is a disadvantage to the American League team when they play at National League ballparks. You've got to figure it out. And the same thing for the World Series. It is completely ridiculous. So, Eric, I agree with you. It's a novelty. But... That aside, those people at the Cub game were so excited with the hit. Does that, again, I know that now I agree with you. I don't think most of them knew the pitcher was up. Oh, come on. <laughs> For any, I'm not talking about Wrigley Field. I'm talking about anywhere. I'm talking about yesterday when they, know. they didn't know it was Darvish. They just saw run score. Oh, that's they right. were they, happy. He's the only player with no name on his back. I forgot. And a big jumbo board. No matter where it is, they just saw a guy, a, ru- a runner, a hit, and a runner scoring. Speaking of pitchers taking BP. What happened? Oh, there's a runner scoring. woo Did you see this goof Max Scherzer yeah. bunted the ball into his eyeball? Yep. Now, I don't want to see anybody hurt. Eo, did you, ever, did you see that video? Yes, it's quite funny. If you're he, not going to pay attention. He deserved this guy. I don't want to see anyone get hurt. I was not upset with it. I was not uh, empathetic. Here's what he did. 
he had to bat up in the air like a like a pitchfork. And he made a half-ass lame attempt to bunt a pitch that was right. eye-high, yeah. face-high, with the bat pointing up in the air. And what, you're surprised it ricocheted into your eye? If you're not going to take, take right. it seriously, yeah. don't do it. Exactly. That was literally a video on how to bunt the ball into your face. Like, that's the perfect form on how exactly. to do it. And it shows right. you how much they take BP. Yeah. How how seriously? Yeah, how yeah. seriously yeah. they take it? I don't know much about anything, but he had a, if he gets a broken orbit bone, that's usually good for about six to eight weeks. Did, I you, hear what, did you hear what someone said? No. It's the first time that there was ever a, a ball player who had three colors of his eye. That's right. He's got the left and the right, or brown and blue, <laughs> and, now, and, now a, and now it's red. Yeah, <laughs> from the from the blood. It's like Frank Sinatra years ago. His nickname was Old the Blue Eyes, and he got in some barroom brawl where he, and he said, "Look, now he's got his black and blue eyes." He black. <laughs> Who's he, Frank? Who? Back in a flash, Murph and Fred. Google it. ESPN 1000. Is this your walk-up song, Fred? What is it? I don't know. I would not. What do we got here, Rio? This is called Red Light by a band called Fort 10. All right. Is that our normal rotation? I threw one in there. That's all right. I've never. Um, I'm too tired to uh, have a comment at this time. I don't know what my walk-up song would be. I, I've never. I've thought about it for a moment and then completely forgot about it because I realized I don't need one. All right. I'm not walking up to anything. <laughs> the bar, maybe. That's what I'll use. I'll, I'll get a walk-up song for me walking up to the bar. You know, Eleven. We talked about this, so I think you have some uh, special uh, treats for us. Ready? The chatter continues. Uh, is Ben Zobrist maybe going to come back? You know, in September. And uh, it's hard to say. Who knows? We don't know. But if he does come back, Fred, do you think he'll be using his walk-up song that he's used for the last few years? Betty! From his wife? Betty, Betty! Do you think of Juliana Zobrist? Uh, no. He might, use, he, might use the, uh, he might use the Elton John version. Oh, good idea. Ben Zobrist pinch-hitting for Darvish. Because the pitchers don't know how to hit. I love it. So, would that be, let's, so, you know, let's say he comes back in September. Would that be something that's, you know what, I'm going to use the original. Or, what do you say, I'm going to distance myself from the whole thing. If he's smart, he would just say, I'm going to go up without a walk-up song. Just announce my <laughs> name and I'll just stroll up to the plate. It's a lot easier that way. Hey, uh, so what number is Kobe White? Kobe White's going to wear number zero. I don't like zero. Yeah, I don't mind it. I, I kind of like zero better than double zero. Well, his yeah, number two in college. What's wrong with two? Well, yeah. Norm Van Leer. Norm Van Leer. Not I would, retired. Well, remember? Yeah, but for the longest time, people who wore Norm's number were not good. Ooh. Brad Sellers wore number two. There were a lot That's of no bad, Yeah, there were a lot of players. And Norm used to get mad about it. Norm goes, you know what? Stop wearing my number. What you can't figure it out. What, I'll put a foot in your butt. What didn't make Norm mad? Yeah, that, everything Norm. did. Yeah, That'd be a, a segment over at NBC. Oh, what man. didn't make... Norm was the best. But number zero, I want a guy to have a big prominent zero, like uh, you had the list Orla- Orlando Woolridge. That's, that's the one. Number zero. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, Tyler Ulis, I or, think, was the last Bulls player to use it. Kobe, there's an Owen Kobe. Yep. 
Cool. Want to thank all our guests. Dean Ellis, voice of the Iowa Cubs. Jesse Rogers, voice of Jesse Rogers. Ryan McCaffrey. No, uh, McGuffey. I'm sorry. Ryan, sorry. I apologize, buddy. <laughs> At NBC, that's why what Fred's happens here. when you hear this music. That's our new segment. That's why Fred's here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, Eric Ostrowski, all of his help. He'll get to work with me tomorrow from uh, 10 till 12 after Black and Abdallah, who are on from 8 till 10. Murph and Fred saying thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. See you later, everybody.